Hello, everybody, and welcome, welcome, welcome to At the Elephants. I'm your host, Rob Morris. Uh, I have a very special treat for you today. It is Wednesday. It is November 23rd. Is that right? Yeah, it's the 23rd. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving the 24th. Tomorrow on the 24th, on Thanksgiving Day, I have an excellent, totally not themed in Thanksgiving in any way uh, episode with my very good friend Daniel Kelly coming out. Um, It was recorded in, I believe, October, September, October uh, 2022. And it is uh, a great conversation. We both um, were doing our fair share of drinking during the episode. So if you're celebrating Thanksgiving and you want to have a drink with us, it's a great episode to do that with. Um, If you're listening to this not on Thanksgiving, uh, then forget everything that I just said. It's not important. Here's the deal. Um, What you're listening to right now, the thing that you clicked on, that is making you hear my voice in this moment is actually an episode uh, that I already published only on YouTube. So if you want to watch the video of this, you can. It's on YouTube. Um, during lockdown, uh, or I should say uh, a little bit following that in the summer, I found out that Daniel Kelly was in uh, Austin, Texas, where I happen to be at the same time. I had not seen him since we graduated college together. And we got together and I recorded a little episode. I never published it in audio format. And so I'm going to do that now. And I did. And that's what you're listening to. So this is the episode that we recorded, the conversation that we had in my uh, dad's apartment in Austin, Texas during lockdown. Um, It's an old episode, but it catches up. Uh, It's kind of the prequel, if you will. Um, to the episode that's coming out tomorrow. So if you want to hear the 2022 episode with Daniel Kelly, um, it is the next one. So you can hit next and listen to that. But uh, if you haven't heard it, and I know that you probably haven't, because I I can tell by the views that no one saw the one I published uh, the first time, definitely give this a listen, because this fills in the entire gap before the next um, episode and, and where things kind of pick up. It's definitely a good two-parter. Um, so, uh, without further ado, let's get on to the vault episode of at the elephants, um, from 2020, I believe it was with Mr. Daniel Kelly. You know what I mean? Nope. <laughs> Cause of how much you know about something, you uh, okay, yeah, feel yeah. like you've seen it. Yeah. It's like Harry so Potter. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Like I don't watch horror movies. I don't like them. And so, but I'm really interested in the plot lines. Like, nice. I want to know what happens. Yeah, yeah. But I don't need to go through all the like, ah. So just so. read the script? Now, I'm a big Wikipedia horror fan. Do they just list the plot? Yeah. Is it's it, like reading it, coverage. Is it just it. bullet points? No, nah, it's not bullets, but it's like a few paragraphs. It's like the. It's Karen like the, is killed by Jason. Jason and return. I don't know. I feel like it would just be really easy to just like bullet point it. It, it essentially is. I mean, it's in like prose format, but it's oh, not. Okay. Uh, it's good yeah, it's, it's, it's basically it's like a one sheet of coverage on the of the plot. And so it's like, I just kind of want to know the story for like pop culture reasons. Oh, I totally like get I it. just yeah. want to know so that I'm not the idiot who doesn't know what happens. That's like me and all like major films. I, yeah. I don't watch movies. Oh, man, that's fascinating to me. Yeah. Well, it's, you don't watch any movies. I have a hard time watching movies, documentaries for sure. 
I uh, love documentaries. It came uh, because it's like growing up, I wasn't really allowed to watch movies or television or video games and stuff. You weren't allowed to? Uh, it, it was uh, highly regulated. I don't normally do this with someone that I feel like I know as well as I know you, but uh, let's go back, baby. Let's do it. Let's treat you like someone I don't know super well. Okay. And cool, I'll, ask, I'll ask you my only stock question, which oh, is, God. I do know the answer to this, but it, it'll get us started, which is yeah. where are you from? Spring, Texas. And that's outside of Houston, Texas. So spring, you mostly tell people you're from Houston. How's that? Yeah, go? I, uh, well, it depends. Like I'm uh, from Round Rock, but I'm from Austin. I'll generally say it depends on where I am in the world. Right. Uh, if I'm traveling and outside the country, I'll just say Texas. And uh, that usually gets a response. Typically, nine out of ten times they say, ah, Jesus and guns. Like you're not you're not wrong. You are yeah, not wrong. You got, you're yeah. on some of the money. Jesus and guns. And then yeah. if they're older, they're like, ah, oh, George W. Bush. I'm like, yep, that too. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, no, Spring Texas sounds a lot more. Sounds like you run into lots of like um like dumb people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Who are like, I can only associate, I do word association with any state that I encounter. But at the same time, if you're from <laughs> Northern Argentina and you know that, it's, it's pretty cultured, right? Okay, so that's different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. you're not running into people in Kansas. From Louisiana. Like, ah, oh, George Bush. Like, yeah, that, that <laughs> okay. too. Yeah. No. So that context. But, um, so you're originally from Spring, which is, is that like a, is that like a suburb? Is that like yeah, a rural town? Or? It sounds rural. Um, spring. It does spring sound rural. Texas sounds real rural, real rural, real rural. That's for sure. Rural jury, rural jury. <laughs> exactly. Um, I mean, growing up, there was a lot more cow pastures and land that's now all developed to strip malls. Now it's mostly concrete strip malls right. and uh, like cheddars and really terribly disgusting chain restaurants. I've actually never been in cheddars, but I like cheddars. I've dude. never cheddars been. Is dope. It just but, seems like everything I would like, hate about chain restaurants, but but it's also like. I really like chain restaurants. You know what exactly. I mean? I'm a chain yeah. restaurant yeah. guy. For 100%. sure. 100%. So I like things I can rely on. Yeah. I like to have things that are very similar it. looking to the last thing I had when I was here. You, If you're going to be spending money, you want to know it's a good investment. And familiarity does lead to good I'm investments. Not a, I'm not a big... Uh, food risk taker. Exactly. I'm not yeah. that guy. I'll take risk on food if I'm not financially invested in it. If I'll you're get, paying for my... I'll let you give me a really expensive version of a thing I already like. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That I wouldn't get for myself. Yeah. But I won't, I'm not going to try some... I did one time have crab Napoleon. You know what that is? Yeah, it's crab that comes in chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry, right? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so um, that's... Crab, that's Neapolitan. That's 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 um, what you're gonna get from me. That's dude. Okay, so I had some. I have no idea what it is, and it? I don't. I don't know what it is. Is it just very crab that's short in stature? I or don't like, really remember, no man. Okay. I couldn't really understand what it was or how it was put together. It was, was it a good? real mystery. It was the most expensive entree I've ever had in my life. How much I got, was it? I don't remember the exact cost, but I remember the the cost of our total bill for the night. Yeah. And there were six of us, and it was was a there a comma involved? There was a comfortable four figure situation. Woo! A lot of it was wine. Yeah, yeah. And it yeah. was on a very big corporate company that we worked that at, helps. and we brought them in a lot of revenue. And we were having a holiday party, and our department hey. was only yeah, six yeah. people. Okay, so okay. we spent our holiday party money on one dinner all together. Instead of like throwing some party at an office like you would yeah, if you had yeah, like yeah, twenty like people stuff, or something and, yeah, like that. Yeah. 
we instead were just like, let's just all drop just it on one table, one nice yep. dinner. That's exactly what we did. Oh, man. And honestly, remember even, that? Remember even though dinners? I, yeah, right. Remember even dinners? though I totally didn't belong in that restaurant in any way. Yeah. And I also didn't really like most of the food that I had. They did give some weird pistachio gelato at the end. That was pretty dope. But oh, they God. also, of course, because it was a really nice restaurant, I got like a fingernail's worth of the shit. They don't give you a lot of portion when you go to a fancy place. Everything's about tiny little amounts. Okay. I thought you were going to tell me specifically what we you finally got to ice. Worth. I'm like, what, what, what the, else did the they give you? The gelato was that little amount is, yeah, my, yeah, is yeah. my point. Yeah, it's like it's a teaspoon. Dude, it's like we finally get to the ice cream after this crazy crab shit and we can't get a scoop. Yeah. I can't get a Baby can't get a scoop. Baby can't get a scoop. It was, a, it was like a butter scoop. Like, you know how you get the little butter? Yeah, thing? yeah, absolutely. It was like that. It was super sad. It was pretty good. I get that. And uh, But yeah, the bill was crazy. And it was at a restaurant that I would for no other reason ever be in. in any. I don't think it was like the restaurant that Ferris Bueller tries to go to. Yeah. No, totally it was like, good. I would yeah. they, I would have to lie when or be with these people. Those uh, are the only two cases in which I would be in that place. And it wasn't, man, I was like, can we grab some cookout, some to Taco go? Bell? Like, or like, like, oh, I'd like man. to get something that I really enjoy. That really hits that sweet spot. Despite the, you know three-digit entree I just had or some shit. <laughs> Crab Rangoon? Crab Napoleon? Crab Napoleon. Okay. Dude, bro, I still don't know what it is. Uh, I think it might be worth looking. Actually, no, don't don't run the mystery. I don't want to know. Don't run the mystery, yeah. yeah. Why, why do I need to know that? I, I don't went, even like crab. I went on an amazing. And that was, dude. Why did you, was, wait, you don't like crab? No, and that was on a list of things, and I picked the thing I disliked the least out of all the Dis entree oh. things. There was no steak there huh. was no chicken breast, blah, Dang, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, th nothing I you recognized. You recognized one animal that was I crab. I saw crab, and I was like, okay. I can fuck with crab sometimes, but I'm not one of those people who's like, I don't oh. crave crab. A lot of people are all about it, and it's not my thing. But I was crab like, I can cakes, at least, I can at least eat it. And I was like, and I ate, man, I, I nibbled, because I don't want to be a dick, you know? This is a big, expensive dinner. Our boss took us out and stuff like that. <laughs> I was trying to eat as much of it as I could. Good for you. I really appreciate they, your sacrifice you made on eating this this $100 crab. But isn't that entree. crazy? Yeah, no, I mean, it's For me, yeah. it was a sacrifice to have to put oh, this man. gourmet fucking, God, what I, do you call it when it's a really nice restaurant? Like with a, they grade them. Michelin? Oh, Michelin star. Yeah. It, like a three star Michelin. Bro, it was probably that. Yeah. Honestly. I don't even know the name of what it was, God. but it was, uh, you know, I think it was French. Yeah. That's how much I had. I think I booked it. <laughs> I am responsible for this. Yeah. I paid the bill. That's why I know how much it was. That's impressive. I think. Um, like later after the fact. I mean, the boss put down the card. That's how well, the night yeah, goes. Yeah, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. I want to be in that so position. much wine, and I think he. I think it was a. He's a wine guy. It's all wine, and I think he was. Yeah, yeah, I think he was taking us to this place that had some bomb cellar and just being like, yeah, "Tonight yeah. we're getting yeah. the shit." Like, I never. Oh, I wish I have. knew the difference between wine. Yeah, yeah, no and idea. I don't drink, so I was like a two glass guy. Yeah, yeah. They're you are they're not... putting bottles oh, away, man. and I'm like two glass oh. guy, and I'm pretty toasty. I love those kind of dinners, though. Those are great. Those once a year kind of dinners where you're just like. Whatever the conversation Just. and the atmosphere was amazing. That yeah, was like absolutely. you know that part of the night, which was the point of the night, was great. But I just thought it was so crazy to me to spend that much money on a meal that, for me personally, of the six people, yeah. it did like nothing for. You are still talking about it. The story is great. Yeah, it's exactly. An expensive yeah, yeah, story. Yeah. yeah, but like. I you got stories, you're, you're not, dude. Yeah, you're not going to choose to do it again. You're not, yeah, yeah. You're I'm not like out of stories <laughs> yeah. and glad. If it had been out of my pocket. Like $300 yeah. just to have a good story. 
It's like, man, I don't have any good stories. I better go back to that restaurant. Typically, if you spend $300 a night, though, typically comes with a good story. I guess that's a good point. It really depends on where that money goes. Or if you lose $300. Or if you earn $300. What's the craziest <laughs> $300 that you've made in one night? That I've made in one night? What's the? Have you ever had a night where all of a sudden you made a bunch of money for like something that either maybe was weird or maybe illegal or whatever, whatever it was. Yeah. Let's, oh yeah. Let's, you know, we can be anonymous if you need to be. No, no, like, no, that's fine. Even better. Anonymous. Yeah. Even better. Yeah. I'm going to leave and then someone else is going to come in here with a mask on and tell you about it. Oh, I don't know. No, I mean just names and stuff like that. No, freshman year at North Carolina. I uh, made seven grand one night. What did you do? Online poker. Really? Yeah. My is that the only time you ever made money doing that? Uh, no, I mean that's the, that's the most like giant, just chunk wow. of change I haven't. How played. long? How long playing? It was and how much did you put up to get that much money? I put up twenty five dollars. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I put up twenty five bucks, and it was one of these like giant tournaments. I used to play a lot of poker. Okay, a lot of poker. Like when World Series of Poker were on TV, was mm -hmm. on TV in like two thousand three, four, five. Played a lot, watched a lot, and then I found out how to get money on Poker Stars. I was doing all, I was really into it. And was I was a hustler, baby. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, one of my earliest memories was tossing cards, like playing cards, into a hat with my oh, father. I love that. Because we want, we wouldn't watch movies. So I guess that's what I'm a pretty boss card thrower. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. one of the things you throw I throw cards. Do. Yeah. I, I haven't done it a long time. It's kind of like the state song I was just talking about. Yeah, you have yeah. to take my word for it that there was a point where I was dope. <laughs> I'd probably be pretty good still. Yeah. If I heard that song once, now this I'd fucking crush it. This dude. isn't like throwing cards with velocity. This is like with accuracy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so my dad would set up a hat and he would bet me, you know, nickels and dimes on who can throw as many cards in the hat. Wow. So like gambling is like. You guys are like super poor or something? <laughs> yeah, we, we were pretty poor. We didn't have a lot to do. That's not um, true though. You guys like, you grew up with kind of a comfortable living, right? Uh, Later on, I, I would say basically the older I got, the more comfortable I got. I just remember I'll your take dad having credit. a pretty successful like, yeah, he business. Yeah, he has and... a successful small business in Texas. That was not always the case. It's, it's a very typical kind of rags to riches story. I want to say rags nor riches, but somewhere in between. Sure. Um, where growing up, uh, I was shielded from the financial insecurity there was. And it wasn't really until high school and really after I graduated that my father's business really started doing well. Um, oh, Okay. But yeah, because uh, he left, I mean, when he was like 23, he started his own business doing landscape architecture. And that's actually the the appeal I made when I went to North Carolina was, was like, Dad, I know you're not a huge fan of this, me leaving business school to go to art school. Right. But you did crazier shit than I did. You started your own business with two kids, a third on the way or one kid with a second on the way. That's stupid. That yeah. is just yeah. not a good idea. Risky. Really not risky. Not a real safety net So I try situation. to appeal to his like sense of entrepreneurship and trying to get his blessing to go to school. Not that I needed his permission, but um, yeah, so. So in, in, in this point, is your dad like super like, wow, you really made a good call? <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, he, he he's very. Where does uh, he stand on it? Because my dad flipped hard. He was super like, you shouldn't fucking do that, and I, I don't support it. And then oh, now he's he, like, that's like probably the best thing he could have done. He at the time very much was just a concerned father. Like, I don't want you living under a bridge. Sure. So when I'm saying I'm no, gonna, that's always their argument. Yeah. So when I go to school to be an actor, it's kind of like, okay, so what are the numbers? Who's who's employed? How much money will you earn? Is there retirement? How do you actually make a living off of this? And then the real kicker. 
or as Nuri would say, now here's the kicker. Anytime he did his white voice, that's the funniest thing. Now here's the kicker. I remember that. <laughs> that was his go-to phrase when he wanted to be like, just like, you're not going to fall for the banana. Yeah. So now here's the kicker. Um, so when I entered the directing program, my father said, oh, so are there more jobs available as a director? <laughs> you just keep going. Yeah, I was like, uh, well, for every four to five working actors, there's one director directing them. So, um, you know, the thing that I wish I could have sold at the time, I think would have helped me make my argument when I was trying to tell people what I was going to go do yeah. is that generally speaking, most people don't go into the exact field that they studied in college, even if they have a liberal arts degree. Mm -hmm. It's like a lot of people get like an English degree and then they go do something that that informed them to do. Oh, absolutely. Even yeah. though they're not like teaching English or like working yeah. on the English language. Yeah. Like, like there's a lot of different things to do. And so I was trying to, I sold, well, cause I was originally in lighting design. So I had a pretty yeah. good sell of like, I'm gonna have a great job because yeah. this program is like 90 something percent job. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, that's not an issue. But then when I wanted to transfer to the other thing, I guess, I guess to my family, I'd kind of already proved by being there and the fact yeah, yeah. that I could get into the other program yeah, yeah. that they're like, all right, well, the school takes them seriously and they're allegedly the experts on this kind of sh stuff that we don't know anything about. We defer to the experts, yeah. A little bit. And so the fact that I was in any kind of, um, anything with prestige for my family was like, cool. Yeah, dope. Sounds like you're doing something cool. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Do you hate it? Like we do everything we do. I'm like, no, nah, it's fun. Like, pff, go get him, Tiger. Cool. Yeah. Pay it off, though, probably. I'm like, yeah, yeah. we'll see. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I wish I could have, have made more of an argument of like, look, it's it's not a degree, either way, lighting design or directing, to say I have to go be a lighting designer or director. Like, yeah. even though it's a conservatory, there is there is a, especially in that drama program, just such a deep personal learning that happens if you let it yeah that it's like man it preps you for a lot of different stuff that you could be a lot better at than you were before Holy you hell. went to that you know what i yeah. mean like you could go into psychology after that program and it you'd probably be pretty good at it you yeah. can come in from a really clear place of like this is why people do things i mean directing is human behavior right 100 learning about human nature human, so right now i'm transitioning potentially to outside yeah, so what are you theater. doing uh uh, Tell me really quick what you did for a long time in Sarasota. You were in Sarasota for a number yeah, of years, yeah, right? Yeah. So right out of school, I got a job uh, working at a theater down there, Oslo Repertory Theater. Word. Big Lort B Theater. I was the assistant to their artistic director. Did you have a hook up there? Um, yeah. So my senior year, I, I I got out of Sarasota. I mean, sorry, I... Uh, Winston? Senior year, I got out of Winston my, during the fall fall winter break. And Carl Forsman was directing down at Oslo Rep. And I went up to him. I said, hey, do you, want, do you need an assistant? Because that'd be cool. If you need an assistant, I could be your assistant. And he made that happen. And I think Besseda, not I think, I definitely know. Besseda even got me some random scholarship that I never heard of that I think he he just knows everything. He pulls strings when he wants to do you a favor. Sure. I think he pulled me like 700 bucks so that I could pay for rent for a month in Sarasota. And so I assisted him on a project down there. I wonder how many like scholarship programs he just has funded. No, you know idea. what I mean. Who knows? You think he laughs with his banker like call this one? Yeah, the yeah. Magnolia Foundation. I think he just makes it up. Just <laughs> yeah. makes it up. Yeah, seven hundred dollars for the 
the Southern uh, uh, Sarasota directing internship of yeah, he just mixed it up. It was amazing though because it's he, inaugural. I love yeah, yeah. It's very new. It'll never happen again. <laughs> He's amazing. Um, so yeah, I went down there. Was the assistant director on a on a show, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, which was. A- shit ton of fun My so dope god so just the the cast was incredible how long were you down there uh five weeks so all of like intensive parts everything remember i wasn't around for intensive parts mm-hmm. that one year yeah yeah and basically i would have rehearsal four hours a day like five days a week because you're in repertory so you can't rehearse the same show it was the most cush job ever i was on the beach every day reading i was drinking at the local bar right across the street from the theater I'm involved and in, in, like in the room with kick-ass Broadway designers, you know, assisting Carl, just chatting up. It's a very. Were you, a, you super aware at the time at how like dope of a oh, thing yeah. it was? Oh no, no, for sure. Because at the same time, I'm hearing about y'all running intensive arts, and I'm just thinking, yeah, I'm not jealous of that. I'm really yeah, okay sure. just doing my own thing down in Florida. Also, now I'm like being buddy buddy with the dean at the time, mm-hmm. so like special access and yeah no I, I i knew i had a really sweet gig and so then i leveraged that and i knew they were hiring a new they have an internship for the artistic director uh assistantship or apprenticeship whatever they called it and so i did that i got it and after three or four months the artistic director michael edwards said hey would you be interested in coming back for a second year and i said sure just you know i i going to need to be paid because this is thank you for the housing i appreciate the housing i appreciate the hundred dollar right. stipend and uh i walked into the managing director's managing director's office linda de gabrielle who only person in that building that i was intimidated by she scared the hell out of me she was all business just was so grounded and fierce and knew all the numbers she just was so savvy and so experienced that and she wasn't one that I could just like kick it and like talk casual arts or like plays and stuff that I could with Michael. It was very much just black and white. What do you offer? What can I offer? What can I give you? And so I said, I would like to come back a second year. Michael wants me here. I think I'm worth this amount. And essentially I said, I think I said $20 an hour or $25 an hour, which comes up to, you know, 40 to 50 grand a year. That was and my comedy central rate. That okay, that's great. But when you're from an intern trying to say, "Hey, I want to earn 50k a year at your nonprofit theater," she not in Manhattan actually laughed. She wow. laughed and she goes, "You realize two thirds of the third floor don't make that much money. The third mm. floor is the administration floor." I said, "I know, but I think the the uh, health and integrity and and efficiency of your artistic visionary deserves this kind of investment." And she... It's a hard sell, Dan. Oh, it's a hard sell. Yeah. And so I figured go high. Did you do that because you were cool if it didn't work out? You go do something else? Yeah, absolutely. They had I, no I, leverage over you. I knew I had... Exactly. That's something that I tried to... I've, I've tried to encourage other friends younger when they were trying to negotiate contracts. Not that I have a lot of experience with this, but I do, I do know what it is like to hire interns or hire employees it sucks when you find someone you like. You want to hold on to them. Yep. Because there's if you're so, smart. There's so much crap out there. Yep. That you want to find someone that if they have value, you want to hold on to them, and it's worth money. It is definitely worth money. And so I thought, you know, I'm just going to ask for fifty, see what happens. And they came back, and uh, I, I was running that evening. I was running, and I got a call from Michael saying, 
Daniel Darling. He's Australian with a kind of more British accent. Now, and you're very good at accents. Daniel Darling. What did you tell Linda? It's like, um, well, Michael, I, I told her that I thought uh, I would like to come back, but you know, on salary for this amount, this amount of money. He goes, what can you live on, darling? What can you live on? I'm like, um, I mean, if I have my own place, 350 a week or so, like that could probably get me by in Sarasota. He goes, all right, darling, I'm going to make a phone call. And the next day I went to the Linda's and she said, we can give you a uh, housing plus 350 stipend. When I did the math is basically like an entry level, 30,000, $35,000 a year kind of gig. Thought, okay, hell yeah, let's do this. So I did that a second year, and then now I'm being really long-winded. No, I'm into it. <laughs> but second year, uh, a new theater opened up in downtown Sarasota from two graduate students from the Oslo graduate program. I thought they were crazy because I thought, who the hell, A, is going to start a theater in Sarasota? There's already three professional theaters. How can it be a fourth? It's a small town of 50,000 people. Um, and there were there's three. There's already three. Yeah, exactly. And then they were building their own space downtown to block off of Main Street. I thought, how can you even build your own space? That's got to be a half million, $700,000 project, I imagine. Maybe a million. I have no idea. And uh, I went to talk to them and I said, hey, I'm curious what you're doing. I'm so-and-so. I've been working with Michael Edwards. And uh, I just wanted to get to know them. I wasn't sure what I wanted my involvement to be in. I don't know if I wanted to be involved because I thought I don't want to be, you know, getting onto the Titanic if this is just a new thing that's going to sink. But I saw their very first show and it blew me out of the water. But honestly, who, even who cares if it was a cool thing to do? It was a cool thing to do. I just didn't know what I could. At that point in your career, you know what I mean? Exactly. There's nothing to lose. Yeah, who cares? There's nothing to lose. You know, always... pack up and go somewhere else, do something else. Exactly. So I was in a, you're right. I was in a unique position where I was kind of like, I can take a risk. I can swing for the fences. Fuck it. Dude, removing other people's leverage over me has is mm. the new theme. Of, that's the theme of my 30s, bro. Yeah. For real. Like I, in every way. It's yeah. not, I'm single for that reason because sometimes I'm in a relationship and it's a lot of things are going good, but it becomes this situation where it becomes about leverage. And mm -hmm. it's about like, you. I, I want you to do the things that I want you to Compromising do. Compromising. And, and yeah, yeah, and I'm in a point where I'm like, you know, I... I really want to do a lot of stuff. Yeah. I just want to do a lot of stuff and I don't want anybody to tell me not to do it. And I don't want anyone to have the ability to tell me I can't do the things I want yeah. to do. So what kind of life and, and what kind of relationships do I have to create where I still have a good relationship with people I care about? That's tough. I'm able to create business with people, create art with people and do all that kind of stuff. But still for the most part, no one gets to tell me what to do. And that's, that's a tough position to be in, something that I'm like thinking about myself because yes, you want to have all, you want to have all the leverage in the world. You want to be able to make choices any time of day to do anything. It's hard to establish trust or give and take. Mm -hmm. If you want to hold all the cards, it's right. hard to have a partnership with someone, whether sure. it's business, personal, whatever. For sure. Because, you know, nature says in a partnership, there's got to be give and take. A hundred percent. So it's challenging to be because I, I I'm single. I see where you're coming from. Like, yeah, I don't want to be held down. I want to be able to make my choices when I want to make them for my own benefit. Right now. Yeah. There's, there's a I time, didn't used to feel that way. A time and a I place might not for feel it. that way later. There's a but time right and now, a place for it. I don't yeah. want anyone telling me what to do. 
That's just yeah. where I'm at today. No, I totally get it. And so it's unfair to tell somebody like, yeah, I'll commit to being your person. Yeah, you it's can like, be involved. No, because can... if you want to hit me up when you're upset, I mean, I'll be in the mood for it. Yeah. And you yeah. can't do that to your girlfriend. No, exactly. You yeah. just can't. Yeah. And so if Better the deal to... is you don't get to have a girlfriend then if you're not going to be that guy. And yeah. It's like, I'm actually at a point in my life now where I'm like, okay, dope. That's better than, yeah, no, absolutely, <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude. Like, better to do that than to enter a relationship and then realize, oh, I'm not all about this selfless, exactly. sacrificing shit. It's a lie. It's a lie when I tell you you're my everything. <laughs> it's God. a lie. Oh. And I say it because I love you and I want you to hear the things oh, no. that feel good for you to hear. I love you that much. But some of them aren't true. <laughs> Some of them are lies. Oh, Christ. Um, and so like, yeah, but not even just that. It's also a, like, you know, I work on uh, TV shows, but generally I have one TV show that I, I'm pretty sure it's I'm like going to get asked bread back and butter. to. Yeah. And, you know, at some point it'll it'll end and that'll be over. And I don't hustle super hard to get a lot of other shows like that. I could, but I don't. Mm -hmm. There's so many other projects I want. I really want to just be able to keep going back to this one show for as long as I can. And take a break from all my little projects and different bullshit and my own businesses, yeah. go be employed for a little while. The relationship I have with them is really good to where yeah. I'm trusted to pretty much do my job. They tell me what to do, but it's like, I agree with them that that's what needs to be done. Yeah, I pretty much get to execute on the day and make it happen. I'm held accountable if it's not good, Sounds if sweet. it doesn't work, <laughs> but it's like, there isn't someone over my shoulder most of the time. Yeah. And so it's like, and for the most part, I don't get any complaints about what I turn in. And yeah. so it's like- That sounds like a great great situation. <laughs> and it's mostly hanging out in the room with like ballroom dancers and celebrities. So like what, dude, it's so cool. Oh it's God. such a cool dope job. And it's only three months, but yeah. it's three months and at a pretty them. good rate. Yeah. And I have to know that I'm gonna be going back to that almost like school. Yeah. But now it's only a fall thing, and now it may not be a thing at all. I was going to say, Who do you knows? even have that available anymore? I have no idea what the future is. They definitely canceled the tour they were on. There's a tour? Um, yeah. That's they do, uh, they've do. they been doing the tour for a long time. Sometimes they, for years, they did two. They would have a season, because the dancers would work all year. Yeah. The dancers would work a spring season, go on tour in the summer, hot summer nights or whatever. Yeah. Then they would have a fall season huh. and they would go on tour in the winter until the show came back. And they would tour the with spring. the celebrities or like what was yeah. the, what was the draw? Okay. I was going to say like who, if I buy a ticket, am I going to see? If you've been watching, I just finished season 28. Okay. <laughs> There's 28 seasons. Yeah. And it's two a year for a long time. So it's not 28 years. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, there's 28 seasons. So if you've been watching dancing with the stars for a long time, you may go even if their celebrities aren't there because sure. the dancers on the show are okay. characters that so you they care have about. their own cachet. Oh my god, yeah. some okay. of those dancers are their own celebrities. I could name so many people right now that have millions of people yeah. who are like, oh my god, just and you would show. not know a single name yeah, yeah. because it's just not in your world. Damn. I didn't know a single. I've never heard of any of them, yeah. and I mean, if it's not dude, Sean Spicer, I probably have no idea. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying is yeah. like you'd know the celebrities maybe. But yeah. even that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Whereas the actual the dancers, dancers have their own. The ballroom dancers yeah. have their celebrity. own celebrity. Yeah. And it's uh, it's a different kind, but it's also. That's interesting. Yeah. It's weird, too, because it's like they're not reality TV stars, but they are. Yeah, It yeah, is yeah. a reality TV show, but they're not just like the housewives or something. They're not personalities. They not... are, though. Right. I, yes, absolutely. 
but it's like they're 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 competitors. Yeah, yeah. And that's part of it because like some people are like six time Mirrorball champions and stuff like that. Like Derek Huff, oh and Julianne Derek. Huff, who both oh. got their start on the show. You know who she is. Wait, why do I know that name? Julianne. Julianne Huff. Huff's also an actress. Yeah, I was gonna say I definitely mm -hmm. she's an actress. She's an actress. She's a dancer. Wait, she, she was, started on Dance of the Stars. I mean, she started somewhere else at some point. But oh, yeah, okay. she was on Dancing with Stars for a number of years. She was a judge Wait, for was, a season who, or two, okay, maybe. Who, what shows? What and her brother is Derek Huff, who is also oh, a dancer no on the show. There's a show called World of Dance now that's on NBC with Jennifer Lopez. And Derek Huff is like one of the other Good Lord. judges. So, so much, it's a whole so much world. I don't know. It's a whole world of competitive yeah. dance reality TV. And that's what I've been doing. Holy but, cow. So you... We're at Sarasota for how long and left why? Uh, six, seven, six and a half years. So then I was at Urban Nights. Almost all of the time that I've oh, not seen you. The entire time, yeah. I mean, I, I went from Winston-Salem to Sarasota. Okay. And then I was down. I was, so then uh, that young theater that opened up, I was really impressed. It seemed like they knew what they were doing. And right. then they said, we need a third person to help us out. It was two co-founders. They said, we need to hire someone. You can't just be a director. You can't just be a designer. You can't just be a marketing guy. Like we need someone who knows the whole business. Do you want to be like our first employee, our third, our third person to help run this? And I said, yeah, let's do it. So then, uh, yeah, we did that. We had a small 65 seat, 70 seat uh, black box theater, produced uh, five or six shows a year, plus a reading series, all this stuff. It was amazing. It was absolutely incredible. Like That's awesome, I got to man. produce all new theater, all work that, our, our our mission was producing new theater less than five years old. Uh, typically young emerging voices in the American theater. Uh, it was all either nationals, regional or world premieres. So that was really cool. And did that for six years. I just got, I felt like I was just burnt out. Mm -hmm. uh, I realized in at the end of last year, 2019, I thought, man, I've been, I've been in rehearsal or in production for a theatrical production for 10 years straight. Right. Like since, since school, yeah, it's been 10 years that I've been in rehearsal or production or post-production. And like you got I'm, cast and shit second year. Uh, Didn't you? First year? Yeah, first year, Caroline Kava's show. Yeah, my freshman year. Yeah. There you go. So like, yeah, so 2009. So I was just like, I've been doing this for 10 years. I was tired, I was exhausted. Nonprofit theater, you're not making much money. You don't have any benefits. You don't have time off relationships are suffering <laughs> like all you have is your job and so when the job is not giving you that kind of fulfillment you start thinking okay where can i make some changes so i kind of did a cliche quarter life crisis thing i sold everything i owned sold it all and i got a one-way ticket to south america and uh i've been backpacking headed down on south america way i did <laughs> yeah exactly and i did I was going to be down there originally for three to four months, but uh, my money lasted a lot longer than I thought it would uh, just because I was doing trades and trading photography for business and stuff. And that was really cool. And so six, seven months later, I'm like, this is great. People are paying me for travel photography, travel videography. I'm just going to do this for a while. And then uh, my family started calling me saying, Hey, you should probably think about coming home. This, this coronavirus thing is getting really serious. And of course I'm in like this entire different world of thinking like nothing bothers me. I have no responsibilities. So this whole thing just shit on your awesome little parade down South. Oh, big time. Yeah. Big oh, time. okay. Oh yeah. It was pretty, I didn't know pretty if you gnarly. were like done being down there around no, the time it happened. No, I mean, I was just... ready for what I was thinking about doing was coming back for like a month to kind of like 
reconfigure my future as a travel photographer. Basically, I had great gigs down there in Peru and Colombia. I had travel uh, agencies paying me uh, to go on their tours. Not much, but basically they would cover all housing, all transportation, food and everything. And then I would do like individual projects for cash. Mm -hmm. And it was great. Like, what more can you want? I get to travel for free put some money in my pocket and do what I love, which is photographing, videography, all that good stuff. And it was getting tiring because you're just moving. You're always looking for the next gig. It's 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 freelancing, but in a foreign country, in a foreign language, in a medium that you're not horribly confident in. <laughs> like, mm. I'm just, I, I don't know how this works. I don't know how travel photography industry works. I have no idea. Um, what difference does it make if you're making money? Um, like when did that become a problem that you didn't know how the industry worked? Well, I guess it was challenging because I, I didn't know people in the industry. So my, if I had one contact, all my eggs are in that basket, that one contact in theater, I might know a handful of people here. Some people in it this It sounds region. like your insecurity is about that. You weren't creating a stable environment, not necessarily that you couldn't just keep doing it until it, it oh yeah, yeah. Work, it was you know? it was the uh the fear of you're that businessman I, I, i'm making this work and i'm I, I have a job next week and i have a job next week right but how do i how can i make this more sustaining how can mm -hmm, i turn this mm -hmm. into a two to three year career and not just like two week gig um right so that's that's really where my mind was uh when i was in columbia and then yeah coronavirus hit I got kicked out of Airbnb for being uh, an American citizen. That was interesting. I woke up to a text saying, hey, Daniel, I hate to do this to you, but um, you got to go. You're American. I was like, oh, really? yeah. I was like, oh, fuck. Wow. This is getting real. And I started looking and um, I was in Bogota. What is the idea behind that? It's because- That you because, might have brought it with you? Yes, absolutely. Even though I, I could say, hey, I've been down, I've been in South America for seven months. Right. Like I haven't been in, like I'm fine. Um, but the building, different buildings would have different restrictions. And, uh, yeah, basically it was like, we, we cannot have foreigners, especially Americans. Cause we see it's going to be, I, I don't know if it was just all foreigners or Americans, but essentially they said, we can't have foreigners. We can't have Americans in here and get a Sure. And also when you're traveling, if you at that, at that exact same, you weekend, literally got kicked. You are a straight white male from America yeah. who got shunned for being dirty. The most privileged you demographic in the history of the world. American. Yeah. Get out of our business. Yeah. We're trying to run a business More here or less. and you're disgusting. <laughs> That's what happened to you. Yeah. That's crazy. Like, oh, wow. This is such a easy experience when it comes to discrimination. <laughs> like this is, it's, it's not. And, and I was aware that I was like, okay, I am part of the most privileged demographic in the history of the yeah, world, right? About time. And then finally, someone goes, "Where are you from?" No, we don't want your kind. Oh, like, oh, man. this is this is unique. I mean, all right. And then once the borders of other countries, so Ecuador closed down their borders, Peru closed down the borders, um, Brazil was talking about it. I thought, oh, this is getting serious. I should probably get home, mm -hmm. which is about the same weekend that I think March 14, 15. Yep, yep. So, yeah, yeah. So that weekend was me trying to book flights home and. So now I'm back. So now you're just chilling in Texas, bro. I'm chilling Do you have in some Texas. coin in your pocket from all that that kind of built up? Or are you out? Oh, no. God, no. Uh, are you just like living off the rents until uh, you can get back to work? I'm with and my sister right now. I'm very lucky. So I had, so before I went down there, I saved uh, money. I had like my travel fund and I had my when I get back fund. And basically, because I didn't want to come back. How with, fiscally responsible of you? <laughs> 
Thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah, what? Well, that's dope. You got two um, funds, man. Most people don't have two accounts. Oh, I got, I got them funds. I got all sorts of funds. Um, <laughs> no, I had money because I didn't want to come back to the states without being able to pay first, last, and security. Like I knew I was going to come back and. Were you like three G's in there? Yeah, uh, five. Nice. Yeah, smarter. I had five to travel on, five to return to. So, saved up ten grand. Yeah, that's comfortable. And uh, and I figured five grand would last me about. Like comfortable three months in South America. You do not need five grand for three months. If you do things right and you are responsible with your money, you don't have to go out to dinner. Even if you go out to dinner, my God, it's so cheap. Depending on which country you're in, my Lord. I I am a master of the dollar stretch. You can take $1,000 South America. I mean, I flew to Brazil for $232. Brandon and I went to Puerto Rico to shoot a whole sizzle reel about like budget travel that was our whole pitch of that show it was like a millennial budget travel show it yeah, was yeah. Like, don't the pitch was like don't wait to travel because it takes a lot of money you don't need there it. are ways to get yeah. there and man he and he's a bit of a guru about that that's yeah. why he came up with it and was the host of the show because even puerto rico is of all the places you can travel not the cheapest like no it wasn't but it was really easy to get uh first of all i was the producer of the whole thing it was yeah. me a cinematographer who was with him in New York mm-hmm. and then him. And it was just the three of us. And so I don't have a passport. Uh, and so it was okay. an, a really easy thing. And there was a limited time between other gigs that I had. Yeah. So I was like, dude, I can't go to fucking Beijing or some yeah, shit. Yeah. Like I just can't, like yeah. that's not possible. And he was like, well, we could go to Puerto Rico. And he found it. It was crazy too. It was actually the only uh, first class ticket I've ever had because that was incidentally because of the way he got it, the cheapest way to do it. No, what? Yeah, it <laughs> was weird. It wasn't a lot either. It was less than a grand. It wasn't like crazy, yeah, crazy. Yeah. It was, and it was uh, LA, Miami, um, Puerto Rico. Yeah. And, um, Oh man, we had a blast, and we and and the whole time I was like, man, how long were you down there? Right, uh, I was there for a week. They were there for two. Okay, um, and we shot all the daylight and some of the night. Okay, and um, did you like hostels? Like how? Mm-hmm. What was like the angle of budgets? Like we did hostels. We did um, even some hotels down there that were just cheap just as shit. Cheap, yeah, and it was like, and and we kind of investigated them, and we're like, let's see if they're dirty. Yeah. Like we go, you know, it's cheap as hell. You would think, and a lot of people are warded off by because something is so cheap yeah. that it's going to be lit. You know, who wants you know a two dollar stick? You know, it's funny. <laughs> people of higher class think of the word cheap very differently than me, and I only know that from working in Hollywood. Well, there's cheap and economical, right? Big difference. <laughs> when I say cheap, I literally just mean a lower price than the market value. That's all I mean. I am not referring to its quality. Yeah, yeah. And when you say cheap around people with money, they're like, like well, it's not cheap. Like a Fisher price. Yeah, I got a good deal on it, but yeah, I didn't yeah, buy anything yeah. cheap because I don't buy shitty things. You know, they get all like, like, like tense about that. What, what, what? So when I say cheap, I'm literally just saying like, if you compared it against all the other things you could buy, yeah, yeah, totally. the price is low. So you often are warded off because you're like, are you, what do you mean it's $20 a night to stay there? Oh God. Right? You look at that and you're like, what could that mean? Well, it means you're in a bunk bed. And you know what? The chick who was underneath me, super cute. (laughs) You know what I mean? And very friendly. And we were all nice to each other and it worked out great. Does it always go that way? Maybe not. No one hooks up in hostels anyways, anyways, but that's a whole other podcast. Yeah, for sure. It's (laughs) not. That's a, that's, 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 I don't think it's ever happened. You know what Uh, I mean? Yeah. I mean, God, I stayed. How would it? I only, (laughs) uh, drunkenly 
and people think that they're being really quiet, but there's no such thing as that quiet of sex. Right. That's true. Yeah. I love, and we've all done it. I love the idea of trying to keep it down. If someone is in the same room, (laughs) it is preposterous. Anyone, any, any couple. It's like building a card house in like, I don't know, during a road trip. Like, it's just not going to (laughs) happen. It's just, it's just not going to. We'll just try to do this. Yeah. We'll just try to (laughs) putting the cards together. Like there's just, there's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You can like convince your younger brother to try, but like no one's building a fucking card house. (laughs) If you could build the card house in the back seat before we get to grandma's house, I'll do all your chores. Yeah. yeah, You're on. But if you can't. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Mm. No, it's impossible. Hostel. I mean, I hated living in a hostel. But we also found a lot of cool shit to do that wasn't expensive. That was a big part of what Brandon was into. He was like- The actual experiences. Yeah. He was like, let's go to this like crazy bar. And we went to this crazy bar and it was like kind of cool. And it was a really famous bar to go to in like old San Juan. And we checked it out and it was like, okay, this is fine. And then it was like, dude, let's go to this bioluminescent bay. Oh, fuck. Yeah. You did that? Dude. How badass was that? It's like the coolest thing I've ever seen. It's crazy. Unfortunately, that particular bay has had bad experiences with people wearing the wrong sunscreen and getting in the water and fucking killing the bacteria. Oh my God. And so the, the, the luminescence actually went down dramatically in that, in that group because people were, uh, people were actually in the water. I'm trying to remember what the ingredient DEET. DEET is for, um, mosquito spray. Maybe that's what it was. So not sunscreen, it was yeah. mosquitoes. That would make more sense at night. <laughs> and so, well, you yeah, you have to go at night and the yeah. mosquitoes are insane. Yeah, they're they're horrible, literally yeah. called like, one of them is called Mosquito Bay. Like, that's what it is. And that's so, where I want to spend an evening, Mosquito Bay. And you And it's very strict because now they get their own spray that has no, no deet deets in yeah, it. Yeah. And then they spray you when you get there and you have to have like, like you have to follow a very strict code and it's very clear that you're showing up to the party after everybody broke the rules. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you never get somewhere or start These going rules to are in place because the person- sucks yeah. and you're like, oh dude, what happened? And it was like, there's this one kid who uh, they, fucking ruined it yeah. for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> he was terrible. Um, this is This is what happened there. But so all we really got was we didn't get to swim in it. We only got to kayak in it. So cool. But you could kind of put, they would let you put your arm and in And you it. see like the and ripples go through. Ripples, and yeah. you could see it when you put the um, oar in from the kayak. Yeah. It was like, and, and and we had a really fun guide who was talking about stars and, and this one over here. And, and <sighs> he was, and he was like dad joke funny, which are my favorite tour guides. Like, dude. I'm into that. I'm into it. Dude, dad joke tour guides. I'm like, I also hate the term dad joke, but whatever. Drop an edible and go on a tour guide with like a (laughs) corny tour. Oh Oh, man. That's good stuff. Dude, it's a good day. Like you were just chuckle fest 2020 baby. I mean, (sighs) we'll never get to do it again, but, um, (laughs) it's over forever, but, um, forever and ever. But if you ever get a chance, like in like a dream or a VR thing, dude, I did watch no, I did VR take off like a motherfucker during this whole thing. What VR? Okay. Oh, oh, you think right now during the pandemic? Yeah. I think right now yeah. everybody's like, let's take all the money we have left and put it into being able to do shit in our heads. I guess so. I mean, you would think that. I mean, I, I, don't I just see, thought of that now. I don't see how professional sports exists with with audiences. I think it's going to be VR. But can you imagine being in the front VR. row of an NBA game and having Jack Nicholas and like. Sorry, Jack Who Nicholson. Who is Jack Nicholas? <laughs> Jack Nicholson. Sorry, Jack Nicholas is a golfer. However, you could bring him back from the dead. 
Or is that Arnold Palmer? I really thought you just made up a person, but then I immediately, my brain went, <laughs> Rob, you don't know any sports people. So he could say almost any <laughs> sports Nicholson. person. And and you would insist it wasn't real. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. But I still didn't know the person you meant to say. Jack Nicholas is a like a hundred year old famous golfer. If you said so. A, not a big deal. Sure. Um, clearly. But no, like imagine being in the front row and you're watching the NBA game. And yeah, you have the action right in front of you. But on your left hand side, you have Drake, which I guess he's a big. Well, I mean, Drake, I think he's a huge Toronto Raptors fan. But do um, you think that the whole pool of like VR just watching NBA Drake the whole time is the other celebrity reactions? I think so. Yeah. And I then think they get a they get a cut because they come and do oh, like mocap. Yeah. That's oh, pretty my funny. God. Yeah. You just line up the entire courtside seats with celebrities, which they already do anyways in L.A. or <laughs> in uh, right, Miami. Right, right. Like they all the front. Seat, I mean, you have Dude, that's huge such celebrities. A cool idea. So then you have the VR. So VR that, sports has got to be like the first next big they, VR thing. They've right? had it. They're just, it didn't take off. Um, I what imagine because I don't know why would not. I think a big part of it is it's a huge, it's a mostly, big commitment. Mostly the headsets are not comfortable to wear for long periods. Exactly, of time. it's a big commitment. You might want to wear it and be like, "Oh, this is cool," but after like fifteen Honestly, minutes, it might be better just to have like your Jennifer Lopez cam, right? And are your you Drake gonna, cam. Exactly. Are you gonna watch? Are you gonna wear a headset for five hours and like to watch turning, a game or something? The Super Bowl is like a five-hour commitment. Oh, good lord! Yeah, you know. Yeah, not into it. But VR, man, I really do think that that's going to... And I've told people before, one of my favorite... In what capacity, though? Like, well, I don't know. It all depends. I think we're really behind the curve on on a lot of stuff. Why hasn't VR exploded? Because it's a few things. I think it is really expensive. Like the technology to own as a consumer. The the, the Ah, cost of it it is still pretty expensive. Okay. I mean... I'm not personally familiar. I have no so idea. So like I have an Xbox one, okay. right? I don't have the newest one, but okay. it's still the same general, uh, what's it called? Generation of okay. console. Yeah. There's no version of VR I can buy to play it on really? my Xbox. PlayStation has like a thing and there's a few different ones, but it's not, basically, I don't think it's cheap and simple enough for most people to buy a VR okay. thing. And then if they did, Buy a whole separate console just to do is VR there stuff. Products for it. Yeah, how yeah. much stuff is being made for it, and then how much of it is the kind of stuff that, like I said, you want to do for longer than like a few minutes? Because I think coming in and playing like a Star Wars game where you get to have some lightsabers yeah. and do some yeah, choppy yeah. chop is like super fun. But there's a limit to how much you can walk around in those systems where you have like a little treadmill. And it lets you walk in place. Like those are cool. Sounds cool. But dude, that thing is like four or five. Oh, grand. and also you That's can't put crazy. that in your living room. Yeah, yeah exactly. So it's so like, what is the market for VR? I mean, outside of, I, I know there's talks I'm, about for medical and doctors and everything for you know, remote surgery. Thing, but what I'm saying but specifically for is yeah. right now is maybe, maybe there's some dump of funds and I, and, and enthusiasm into like, because a lot of times when a technology like that doesn't blow up right away or they try some stuff and it mm-hmm. doesn't really take off, people are very hesitant to invest in it because yeah. they're like, well, that seems like a risky thing that not a lot of people are in love with. Exactly. But now- well, it was a chicken and egg thing. Yeah, yeah. Now we're all stuck at home and we literally want to live in some sort of other reality where we don't have to look at the same shit every day. Yeah. And so it's like the, the consumer has changed broadly for vr so if yeah. all of a sudden it was affordable and there was a bunch of cool dope stuff that you could what? do and here's the other thing that i think is big about vr that doesn't exist right now that they could do if they put some money into yeah. it it wouldn't yeah. even be that hard which is um co-op vr 
which is I put VR on at my house and you put VR on your at your house and we get to go do Training something spaces. together. What do you mean? Like the trading space is like basically you're in my house, I'm in your house. Okay, well, that'd, <laughs> that'd be is weird. That <laughs> that'd be weird. But I mean, like you and I get to go to like Six Flags together. Oh, in a virtual world where you're at my your house, sitting in a recliner that goes like this, and I, mean, I get to do that. This got to exist, right? I don't think it does. It's just so I think at best you might be able to get that chair and headset and program at your place, but syncing up with mine, I don't think that's how it works. Maybe no it does. But like I play Grand Theft Auto uh, online and yeah. I play it with my friend Kyle who lives in LA, who's actually my roommate of the okay. apartment I still have. Yeah. Oh yeah. He um he and I catch up like every week and we play GTA together yeah. and we run around a fictional Los Angeles mm -hmm. where we steal shit. Mm -hmm. And it is like two, umbrellas and shit. It is yeah, exactly. It is two steps away from me taking the TV and like putting it yeah, on my head and yeah, me yeah. running around with Kyle robbing a bank. Have you ever done a virtual reality bar, like a video game bar where you put do the VR sets? No. There's I one in Sarasota. Oh, like you go to a bar and they have VR at the bar. Pretty much. Okay. VR first, bar second, right. at least this place was. Right, right, right. That's and the way have, to make more money. Yeah, basically right. you have these like, uh, I don't know, shower kerns that divide like these little booths and then you can do VR games together. And it was for someone who okay. I, I'm not a video game person right, at all. Right. Not a video game person. I love the hell out of that. That's cool. It was fun. But even that, all that's I what I mean. You have to go to that bar to do it together. Yeah. And I'm saying if you drop a little bit of money in some server somewhere that can host all of us going to just, and here's the mm. game that we're playing. Go to the bar. Jenga. Oh. <laughs> no, just go to a fucking bar. And maybe they have like just, yeah. how about. Imagine this, okay? Oh my you sit God. at your house, you put on a headset, you sit in a recliner. In the world of the VR. It's not a recliner in your living room. It's you not a recliner are your, on you, the rooftop of a- You're, at a, you're at a nice rooftop bar loaded Manhattan, with virtual yeah. games. Okay. Like darts and shuffleboard and cornhole and all your friends. Isn't it a little sad to VR think about the there. amount of resources needed to develop something that just exists in real life? I know. <laughs> Isn't it like and I'm saying that I think they exist and it's actually not even as hard as maybe it has been because there's been no market for why would I want to go when I can just go down the street. When I can just go to the bar. Exactly. Well, now you can't go to the fucking bar no more. And who okay. knows when the next time we're really going to be able to go to the bar and do it like we used to do it. So I think Oh. This is my forecast now. I think a big jump in VR happens in the next 12 months because literally people are like, we want to experience anything but being yeah. stuck in this fucking yeah. house. People I would, will lose their yeah, fucking minds. I would do fucking virtual reality with my like mother-in-law. Fuck it. I'll do it. Like I'll subscribe to that. Right? I want something real. Right? Oh, but it's also. It's oh, God. Have you guys played fucking Hug, dude? Hug is dope, man. <laughs> it's like you feel a real human connection it almost. Good, it's it amazing. Good. You guys got to get hugged. It comes with a heated boa that you just put around your, it's great. It's hug two's a little off the rails, <laughs> man. You're not probably ready for that, but man, hug. Hug uh, is dope. Dude, when hug comes to the iOS, it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be, fan you can do, you can just hug at any time. You be in your car, I'm you can hug. I'm telling you, dude, Tim you, Cook you, is going to walk across that stage next year and, and be like, we understand yeah. a lot of families have been stuck at home together. The new eye headset allows you to meet up with friends in fake public. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Oh, uh, uh, one, and then a demonstration one more thing. that doesn't quite yeah. work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
It's not a hug. It's just like a slap on the back. Oh, and one more thing. That's their <laughs> yeah, yeah. thing. The one more, th- uh, one more thing. Oh, and one more who, thing. Who needs a hug? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We want to bring out, well, nobody, because like there's nobody <laughs> here. Uh, it's all virtual. God. How does, how is your job going to change with this? I don't know, man. I mean, I, it's, I kind of, I was talking to somebody the other day about it. It's like, it doesn't help my privilege argument, uh, how well I've done financially during this thing. My business has struggled, Yeah, but dude, my credit cards are almost paid off from the extra money I've got. Yeah. Like, and I was already on. From like stimulus or what is that And the extra California unemployment that I have. Okay. Yeah. And so the money that I made last year that paid into the unemployment that I have now got a bonus of $600 a week. Yeah. So I'm getting like a thousand dollars a week. More than, yeah. Well, and I take the taxes out. It comes out to like right at a G a week. And it's like, for not having to also be somewhere or do anything, you know what I mean? It's like that money accumulates much more quickly. And I'm in the situation where like, even though I do have my place in LA, I'm living here. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, me and my pop split a lot of stuff because I help him with doctor's appointments, all that different shit. And so it's like, I kind of did this like half-ass move back home while starting the business. And I've been saving on some bills and shit like that. And so it's kind of worked out for me. Dude, my credit score has gone up in this thing so far. So like, yeah, we gotta go, boom. Um, Panto. That's a positive, Um, yeah. So I'm I'm okay right now, but at some point that money is gonna run out, and I of course want to get back to work. July first. One of the things <laughs> that I, um, one of the things that we're transitioning now is is we're basically gonna try to start doing something of a mobile podcasting thing, and so we don't want to go to like any location, but we want to have a couple locations that we could drop in, set up, and let people come in safely and sit far cool. apart from each other yeah. and do a podcast. Some plexiglass and something you know and try to follow the rules and be safe ish like i was just talking to somebody about this elon musk shit have you been paying attention to that at all i've heard the name <laughs> i've been in the last yeah. week <laughs> yes that uh, he's demanding that he opens up his uh facilities in california so first of all i totally understand the argument of like look it's not safe to be doing anything okay but i also understand the idea that things go out of business if they don't do business mm-hmm. and yeah. so in my head, as also a business owner, I don't immediately take the, you have to stop operating 100%. I try to go, okay, is there a way where we could meet in the middle and operate, but be safe? Like huge distance. No, absolutely. Apart. I totally you get know, it. You yeah. know, masks, yeah. gloves, whatever. Yeah. You have, buy hazmat suits. Let's if we follow need to the do rules it. and make money. There's got to be a way where we don't make zero. Yeah. And we... You know, and I feel like from the stuff I've read and listened to, that's kind of where he's coming from, which is like, dude, we can't make zero. And in my plan, people are far apart and they wear the fucking mask and we do this shit. Can we follow everyone's argument is in the in the gray area, which is right. That's what I'm saying. We we, we first started, I was like, it's in the gray. Yeah, we want everything's in the gray. All politics should be in the gray. There's some black and white. The problem. Yeah. Okay. Yes, absolutely. The meat of it, though, is, okay. we want to be safe. We want to curb this. We want to. Make sure everyone's healthy and happy. And at the same time, we want to move forward. We want to continue having businesses. We want to continue growth. How do we do it? It's all compromised. I mean, is Tesla not one of the most important private entities that we have as a country? It's one of the only places where we're like beating people and stuff. 
Well, yeah, <laughs> you know what I, yeah, I mean? Yeah, I we mean, we suck at lots of stuff now that we used to be good at. And one of the electric, things that we're yeah, good at yeah. is Tesla. It's a South African in California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's doing pretty well. Yeah, he's helping us out a lot. Yeah, it and turns it, out, yeah, he's also going to be in the news. He's the soon, only manufacturer Mars. still functioning in the state because most of them have run because of all the taxes and all the crazy. Bullshit. And so it's all in the gray area of how can we do this safely. We right. don't want to. No one wants to shut down everything completely. Right. If you asked any, if and you I think everyone agrees Schumer, we could do ask, that for a little bit. Yeah, we could shut down everything. Yeah, completely. Yeah, for a little bit. Yeah, but at some point we have to at least pop up a little bit, and then maybe go back down, and then well, pop up a little. Like it's all you just risk, can't. It's lock all every, risk management, you right? You can't lock everyone in their it's houses all indefinitely. Risk management, and it's all about what are you giving up? And the the problem is. What are you giving up? It's human lives. Right. And no one wants to be in a conversation. No one wants to make the argument that this human life is worth this amount of GDP. Right, right. That's a lot of the like viral shit. Exactly. So like, when yeah. you say, okay, a thousand people will die for this amount of increase in GDP, no one can make a heartfelt pitch to anyone saying, yeah, it's worth it. It's yeah, worth it. Yeah, but GDP is not the only measure of our society. Some of it is also the function of certain elements of our economy that will not exist anymore after yeah. the fact. And again, I'm not saying there should be an amount of lives that we sacrifice to no. keep anything Christ. going. Yeah. Of course I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that you know, I what I just shared earlier today was like they have that this this like diagram that I've seen a number of times that's like faces with masks and no masks. And it's like the distances, mask yeah, yeah. Of like, okay, if this person has it and this person doesn't and nobody wears a mask, yeah. it's like this crazy chance that they're he's gonna get it, right? Yeah. If the person who doesn't have it wears a mask, but the person who does have it wear doesn't have a mask, this is the percentage. And then if it's swapped, this is the percentage. It's like some six sixth grade math problem. And then at the bottom, problem. if they both wear masks, whether you have it or not, the chance of contagion on this fucking cartoon is <laughs> yeah. 1.5%. Yeah. Let's say that take that for granted for a second and assume that that was a real thing. So it's like 80% if you and I are sitting the way we are right now, if one of us had it. Yeah. But if we don't have it, there's 0% chance that either of we us could get it. We do this every day anyways. Exactly. Not just the coronavirus. We do it with alcohol. We so do it with tobacco. What I'm saying is, is 1.5% of American lives what we should sacrifice for the American economy? No, I'm not saying that. Yeah. But what I'm saying is if you can function your business to some degree with a 1.5% or less chance of anybody catching the disease, you could end up with no one catching the disease and not losing your business. We still use condoms, even though they're 99% <laughs> effective. Right. There are calculated risks and I totally get it. It's just, it's such a... It's such a huge And the libertarian in me is like, you let business owners do what they think is best. Oh and if, my God. And if, yeah. No, I get it. I you get know, it. it's tough. And then I, I'm like, but a lot of business owners suck and they don't yeah. care about people. <laughs> they don't. They will. As, I, keep in mind, as a business owner, nobody exact, works for me. I totally get I'm it. I'm the only one who You're works for my business. Yeah. So I don't have any people that I'm like, you need to come into work and your livelihood yeah. depends on it. Yeah. I'm not doing that with anyone as I have this conversation. There's, which you're lucky. That's great. That's different yeah, yeah. for Elon Musk. That's my point is that he is having to negotiate with his but, employees yeah. about like, look, but then again, I don't know what the situation is, but if the offer was, look, you can come back to work. I don't know how the rates differ, but I'm betting that the people who work at Tesla make more than they were making on unemployment. Some people might not, but I bet they are. I'm willing to guess let's, that. Yeah. Let's assume let's it's just, equal or more. Okay. Yeah. 
So the choice is you can come back and make equal or more, probably more, and be safe, or you have the right to stay home, choose not to come into work. That's the tricky part. And have unemployment. That's the tricky part. You should be able to make the choice to not go in, but then how many people don't go in and then can you even run the fucking place anymore? Yeah. Can you hire new people in their place in the meantime? It yeah, is yeah. complicated. It's super fucking complicated. But I have friends who their attitude is 100%. Everybody stays home until this is totally over. And I'm like, bro. There is no totally over. That's a privileged ass position There's no, to take. Exactly. That, what, that, do you have like is, a million dollars? Yeah, that assumes that you don't <laughs> need to go to work, that you are being protected, that you are being supported. That means, yes, if, uh, yeah, it's it's just not easy. It's not easy. I mean, my, so my dad, uh, he had a driver, uh, test positive two days ago. Shit. Yeah. So yesterday he, he had to pay, uh, he had to, he, well, he had to pay a hundred dollars for each test. He got the entire company tested, which is like 25 people. I guess I'm, I'm guessing like 15 guys in the crew, 10 inside. How much is a test? A hundred bucks a pop. What? Yep. A hundred bucks a pop. And the question, and so he's shut down. He's gonna, he's not gonna produce for a week. He's not gonna put anyone on the job sites for a week, waiting for the test results. But his question was, what's the most responsible thing to do? Right. What's what's the responsible? I mean, if one person, do I close everything down every time someone tests positive? It's just, yeah. How do you develop a procedure in an unpredictable situation? And everybody knows that when you run a business, procedure is the safest way to conduct. You want to create as much until, as you can. Yeah, until you're in a situation that is yeah. well, because unprecedented times. Yeah. Well, and until you develop procedure, there is no measure for unprecedents. Yeah. Because there are no precedents if you yeah. don't make them. You have to and create precedents to have unprecedents. <laughs> if you create that first and you have a structure, you have a procedure, you have something to go off of, yeah. at least then you can go. But this is so, you know, such an unpredictable time. And then like this electricity problem that I'm having, <laughs> it's like- that would be a fine thing to have to deal with if that's all we had to deal with. Yeah, yeah. If you it know? wasn't just on top what of What a perfectly else. normal business problem. Yeah. Oh, we yeah. have an electric issue that the electrician has to come in and change out some stuff. And okay, we'll schedule that while these people come in before. And yeah. in the meantime, like, but with all of this, you know, simply getting someone out from the city is like a month long thing, you know? And you're, I, I called the people at Austin Energy and I was like, hey, this is what I need, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh man, it could be a really long time and I'm going to transfer you to this place. And by the way, we're working from home, so there's no hold music. So don't let that throw you off. Stay on the <laughs> line. And I was like, that sounds like a trick. And they're like, yeah. I know, right? Yeah. And then, you know, it's like, so the whole thing is just like moment to moment. And especially when you have a business like mine, for example, where artists come to use the things I own. That's the best way to look at it okay. for a number of different reasons. Yeah, yeah. As a stand-up. So, so my clients yeah. are like, so what's up, man? What's up with the, the stage? What's yeah. up with the studio? Yeah. What's up with the, when do we get to do All this? All these products that I'm can going I to do, rent from you. Yeah, can I do open mics? Yeah. Can I do podcasts? Can I, yeah. like, what are you available for? And, like, day to day, I don't even feel like I have the ability to give them a, like, or at least here's the plan. Because. There's no plan. No there is knows. no plan. No one knows. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, uh, that's a really good way to put, like, there is just no plan for anybody. And if you think you have one, you're wrong. And, it, and if, when was the last time we ever had no plan? 
no plan. If I ever nine eleven for like four days, and then we made a plan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. for legit for like four days. Katrina, financial crisis, two thousand eight. It was but like, even that. Okay, this, it was like we had plans, and then they'd fail, and we'd do something well, else because it wasn't constantly like no evolving. Plans. It wasn't constantly. I mean, you can make the argument that terrorism is constantly evolving, but. It's something that in the past we were able to encapsulate it, put it in a test tube and go, okay, this is our problem. See our problem. This is our problem. We're going to. I mean, it's always nuanced. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. Whereas now it's like we have this growing contagion and then you got to look at it with this isn't the only I don't know. I feel like I'm being far more empathetic than I normally am. With, That's okay. With oh no no no, no. I, I think generally speaking, just because where I was where I was raised and where I grew up, I'm, yeah, I'm very much more empathetic towards right leaning uh, individuals, mm-hmm. just because that's all the people I knew growing up. They're sure. like, oh, they're all conservatives. So I just I feel like I I'm far more empathetic. Um, Dude, the 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 amount of frustration that the right has with the elite left, yeah, I share. I end up having more in common with people on the right than I do with people who I'm that's allegedly on the same side of yeah, yeah. because I have a, you know, I was just talking about this the other day with somebody. I think it's so, it's so funny that even if you don't think that's what's going on, you gravitate to the news sources that collect opinions you agree with, even yeah. if you don't mean to. Yeah. And you may, you may pick an opposite view. Yeah. You know, and, and watch it on purpose. Like, say you're super exactly. MSNBC and you're like, I'm going to watch a little Fox News well, just to see what's going I on. Have, I have Fox News notifications on my phone. 100%, because I think it's, it's important to know how they're painting this. Subject. Exactly. Yeah. 100%. And I've been of that view for a long time, but I used to think I was like an MSNBC guy. I really thought, I'm Can't like, yeah. dude, I'm not from those people. Yeah. I wanted to kind of think I almost was for a minute where yeah. I was like, that's where I'm from. And it's like, no, that's from the kind of people my parents were working really hard to try to be, but they even weren't those people, which is like the wealthy left yeah, the yeah. Com- or even the comfortable suburban left. Yeah. Like that's just not who we were. Yeah. My parents grew up lower class and not having a lot and they worked hard to yeah. get to the next thing. And they, you don't just shed that. No, that you grow not, up yeah. with. So for me, for a while I was like gravitating towards really like progressive shit. Like, young Turks and stuff like mm-hmm. that yeah, yeah. to get like, what is the radical progressive? Like, let's change the shit. I really care about at all costs view. And I watched that for a while, but then I kind of fell off of that. And my new thing is a show that's on YouTube that is, uh, uh, put out by the Hill called a rising. And it's it. this guy named Sagar and who is a Republican Indian American from college station. Okay, cool. And he's a little younger than us. Okay. Or a little younger than me. He might be around your age, maybe just a little bit younger. Okay. You and I are really close, right? 31. Oh, wow. Yeah, we're exactly the same age. Oh, we're okay, just yeah. a few months, right? You're like March, May, March. March March. I'm um, yeah. July. March right. 89. So, um, oh, 88. So that's, anyway. Nine months. Um, point being, um, I love his perspective, and I'm not a Republican. I don't agree with most of his fiscal takes on things. Even some of his political yeah. takes on things I don't agree with. Yeah. And his co-host is uh, Crystal Ball, which is her real name, and uh, she uh, she's great. And she is uh, she spent time in Kentucky and Virginia. She ran for Congress at one point. Yeah. She's kind of a real progress, like Bernie progressive kind okay. of person. Yeah, yeah. And they have very differing views on policy, yeah. like very different. But they both 
have a populist attitude about politics. Mm -hmm. They're like, they're they're together on yeah. you may think this is the approach i may think this is the approach but we can both agree that there's some rich ass motherfuckers in charge who are trying to make sure that the people don't get what they need yeah because they want what they want and they're working hard to make sure the system is rigged against the little guy republican or democrat yeah yeah and and both sides can get behind that and that's and where i'm own, at right with now. their own uniforms where and my get big it, thing yeah. is like man i sympathize with lots of republicans because i i grew up surrounded by conservatives yeah. and yeah. and even moderate republicans who were just like fucking rich ass yeah. washington motherfuckers yeah. man yeah. even when we put their noses to congress who's from here and we send them there yeah, and they yeah. turn yeah. and it's like you know, I, I feel with that frustration. So I don't automatically line up with lefty shit because I have politically Absolutely left not, views. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because a lot of the left is the same. <laughs> They're <laughs> the just, same. They're not even different. And it's hard to have this conversation, especially in the theater or uh, entertainment right. world. Oh, because it, it, there really is a very uh, need. And then as soon reaction. as people find out we're from Texas, they write us off and don't even want to talk about it anymore. They're like, that's why you're all fucked up. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Right, I think my biggest uh, pet like, peeve. Why are you so sympathetic? Yes, empathy is <laughs> not a, a bad trait. Um, I my I it would it drives me crazy to this day that on stage, um, if you have a southern accent, you're dumb. Have you ever have you ever met a character with a southern accent on stage that's intelligent? On stage, maybe not. Yeah. No, you may. I, I feel like it might exist somewhere, but even if you're if you're smart and southern, you have to be um, like aristocracy Georgia Southern. Like, yeah, you have to be a Kevin Spacey character who's like conniving and evil at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you yeah. have to be like uh, no one who has yeah. a southern accent is trustworthy. Right, there's something maybe if you're Hank Hill and they're nefarious. But, right, <laughs> yeah, if they're yeah. smart and southern, they're nefarious. Ugh. That's true. So that that. So I've always... Is that why we don't have Southern accents? Because we tried really yes. hard not to sound like those pieces 100%, of shit? 100%. That's why I do. Yeah. Do you I think so? Oh, I no. Growing up, I uh, it was... My father was really about... Dis, uh, what's what I'm looking for? Uh, oh, my God. Enunciation. Enunciation. Oh, enunciation. Enunciation. Yeah. Just enunciating all your words properly and you know hitting all the consonants. And I learned freshman year... Did we have Mary Irwin freshman year? It was a mind-blowing realization that, first of all, the who's married to the queen? I don't know. I didn't take first year. No, that, no, who's no, no, no. Who's married to the queen? I'm just trying to say- Oh, you. the king. Okay, the king. Yeah. I would say king, but when you write it out in IPA, it's king. King. Right. Ing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like igloo. Igloo. Yeah, igloo. yeah, yeah, yeah. The I, not the E. Also, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah that yeah. blew my mind. Also, I-N-G. Like pen? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, also, ing. I would always say running, talking. Yeah, you hit the G. I hit the G, man. You're hit a the real G. G hitter. I, I do because growing up, my dad would always say, you know, hit your consonants. You don't, you don't drop endings. You don't say running, talking. Right. I'm, I'm thinking about going to the. Do you have a lot of country family that your dad is like? You're not going to sound like them. <laughs> That's what happened to me. My mom was like embarrassed um, by her country family and was like, "You will sound not like them." Not specifically. It was her I bias mean, that made me sound like this. I mean, there's certainly a lot of that. My family. I do have a lot of family in Florida and 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 like central rural Florida that do sound like layered the cable guy, if you will. Totally. Uh, they're actually- Who good. doesn't they're even actually, sound like They're that. actually good friends with them. Like, not even kidding. Yeah. <laughs> the guy's name is Dan, I think. Or yep. Dave, I forget. Uh, Dan, uh, Dan, Whitney. Dan, Dan Whitney. Whitney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Daryl Whitney? He Dan. Bought, he bought my cousin a horse. Yeah. 
The first um, <laughs> thing I ever wrote that appeared on TV was spoken by him. No shit. Yeah, when I was working at Comedy Central, yeah. I did a commercial for uh, Medea Christmas. Oh my lord, he's in it. Tyler Perry's Medea Christmas. Tyler Perry's Medea Christmas, Jesus and he's Christ. in it. And uh, <laughs> and they also, wouldn't... I never, I've, I would never assume Larry the Cable Guy and Tyler Perry would come together to right. Yeah, yeah, I think that's why they did it. And uh, he he was the only one they gave us to do promotional content with. Okay. And so we did the night, which was the night before Christmas. Yeah. And we all wrote parodies and one of mm. mine got picked and then he read it with like a big book by the fire. And yeah, that yeah, was yeah. the, it yeah. was a, it was a way of saying like, we're going to be, I think it, I think we were airing it or maybe the movie was coming out. I think the movie was coming out. Yeah. But it was, it was, yeah, the movie was coming out and it was promo for its release. And so we would do these little promos where it would basically be like, he would read a couple lines, clip from the movie, back and forth. Okay. Funny thing at the end of 30 seconds. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you remember hit, what you wrote? No. The, the actual verses? Nah, thing? nah, okay. nah, nah, nah. Not yeah. at all. Um, I mean, it was, yeah, no, I don't even, honestly, if you played all of them, I might not even remember which one you was mine. You wouldn't pick it out, yeah. No, because putting them together was part of my job too. And also the one I did write did get rewritten a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so when it finally aired, I was like, that's the bones that's of the one that I That's close to what I was saying. That's yeah, close. Honestly, yeah. it was. It was like, they they kind of, but dude, writing stuff in Hollywood is like that. Well, the yeah, thing they own everything. Write, well, and the thing that you write is just not what ends up happening. Oh, absolutely. Like the actor gets in the way when they say it on the day. An executive is like, we're not using that word. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. The, things just happen. So you still get that writer's credit, not, even though, did you write the thing that they ended up doing in the movie? Do you know Fucking the story? No. Do, do you like- uh, in, Sometimes. Do you, <laughs> do you know NPR's uh, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me? The mm -hmm. Okay, it's a game show on Sunday mornings where it's like a comedic game show with current events. Okay. We're very funny. Peter Sagal uh, hosts it. My dream job. And he is a writer, comedian, personality. Name sounds really familiar. He wrote, he is credited. He's credited for writing dirty dancing to Havana nights. Of course. If you hear the story about what he originally wrote, it was not dirty dancing. He wrote a film about Cuban revolution and a love story inside the Cuban revolution. Someone bought the script and then they adapted it to Dirty Dancing 2, Havana Nights. That's what I feel like. He, he had no idea he was a co-writer for that movie. That's my theory about what happened with Jumanji. <laughs> so I what's think, your theory? I think somebody wrote a movie for that uh, fucking phone game, Temple Run. Where you run uh, from left to right yeah. and you tilt your phone yeah, and collect yeah. coins and, and you shit. jump over like and you get to choose between yeah. like a handsome guy and a redhead and a like yeah. it, it's like almost and a black guy. Is it it's Jumanji? Like, it's Jumanji. And then I was like, they're like, it's a new Jumanji movie. I'm like, cool. They play in a board game. They're like, no, they're in the jungle and it's like these four different characters. And I'm like, okay, that's fucking not what Jumanji's about. And I think someone wrote a Temple Run game and they couldn't get the rights to make the Temple Run movie or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Or someone was like, no one's going to go see that if we call it that. And yeah. they're like, what if we tied it to the Jumanji, Jumanji franchise yeah. and we say, oh, we'll go from board game oh to video God. game. That's my theory about it. Because there's, other than it being people in the jungle related to other characters in real life. It does not tie back to the first film at all. I mean. I've never seen the second film. so I'm Can I be honest yet. with you? I haven't seen either of them. I've seen the original Robin Williams, but there's two new. Oh, I didn't know there was a two and Dude, three. Dude, there's two with really? Jack Black and The Rock and Kevin Hart. There's two. 
Welcome to the Jungle. Is and Jack then, like, Black the new Robin Williams? Because that kind of makes sense. No, oh. it doesn't work that way. Oh. The concept of the new movies is that these four kids go find this old rusty Jumanji game, but it's Sounds a like video Jumanji. game oh, okay. <laughs> instead of a board game. So it was like and NES they get or... sucked into it like he does at the beginning. Oh, they're like inside and, and a video in the game. Movie, yeah, and in the game they have avatars. That so game, like that, that movie so like the exists, chick. Right? The chick is not actually a chick. It's yeah. like the dude got turned into the chick. Oh, and there's a bunch of comedy. Oh, in hilarity that. ensues. Yeah. That's the yeah. comedy. And the chick okay. is Jack Black. Okay. In real life, it's a girl. And then she gets into the body of Jack Black and okay. she's like, what? Yeah, and yeah, he yeah, gets yeah, to do yeah, that yeah, for the yeah, whole okay. movie. Oh, geez. Okay. You're surprised why we haven't seen it? Do you want to watch it now? Yeah, I must have missed that one. Let's watch it right now yeah. and then the second one. Yeah. Or not. Can you imagine like a Mystery Science 3000 of that? It's probably really funny. It would just they be did total really silence. Well. Dude, they did really well. Maybe they're funny as fuck. My dad really likes it. Well, God, it's good. It's good. It's good. My dad thought it was really funny. I he's liking... kind of a he's kind of a comedy critic. He yeah. doesn't laugh. He's on easy laugh. He really That's enjoyed good. it. God. But I'm so upset about the fact that they didn't spend any more time on the board game lore. That's what I wanted to know about. Does the Jumanji board game exist? In the in the in the movie in real life in Austin Texas right now can I go buy a Jumanji board game Yeah I think you actually can I used to own it when I was a kid Talk about a virtual reality experience Fuck that would be cool Turn that on Fuck that oh would be my, such a fun. fucking Jumanji Oh my You can do God. augmented reality You look at the wall and the rhinoceros bursts through the wall Brilliant You wouldn't even have to put up fake bricks <sighs> Yeah They would just appear They are very shiny Right Yeah Yeah That's good I bought it for a very specific purpose. I was going to put it up at the club back in the green room and have the comics put up pictures of themselves across it. It was meant to kind of almost look like a, a little, um, mm-hmm. what do you what do you call it? Uh, um, Just gonna let like you. an OG wall, like a lot of the comedy. Uh, no, 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 yeah, do like that, where they know, like sign their sign names and shit. shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. what we're gonna do. Um, because and the cool because the cool thing about our place is that it almost completely died, and then a bunch of comedians who really thought it was a cool idea stuck around and made it exist. And That's so good story. there's been a lot of like me being like, "What can we do to make these dudes who did help us out when we yeah, first yeah, got the, started the feel like the OGs?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, um, yeah, I try I do what I can to take care of them, even if it's symbolic. I want to see the space, shit. man. I want to see it. Well, I tore it down this morning, so you won't see what it looks like. I can show you footage from our shows, though. I filmed every single stand-up show we did. I have every single set. Yeah. Yeah. On a really nice camera. Because honestly- Because I sold the clips. That was part of how we were making money. I want to do stand-up. Dude, I'll help you do stand-up. I have all all sorts of- We may not be able to do it for three or four years, but when we finally can do it again- God. I took Steven for his first time. Really? Steven did it? Mm Mm-hmm. Really? I took Friedrich for his first open mic. He did great. He really did. Sounds hot. It was so hot. Yeah. Sounds really hot. (laughs) Yeah. Where was it? Well, it was hot. It was Here the shower Austin? we took after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, no, it was... In, in uh, LA? Yeah, it was in LA, right by his house, because there was a place I was going for a while, and I was kept trying to get him to come. Yeah. I actually did... I was hosting a talk show there, so I mm-hmm. did like a weekly, almost like a Bill Maher-style talk show okay. um, that was live on YouTube. Cool. And it was from this little comedy theater. I had Steven on to talk about Vice. Was he on Vice? He was in the movie Vice, the Dick Cheney movie. Oh, that's right. He, yeah, he, yeah, I forgot. Oh, God, yeah, I got seen Christian Bale, where Fucking he's like hell, young. Yeah. And I was like, dude, what was it? Are you a political guy? Do you, yeah, was yeah, it cool? Yeah. You know, kind of a, just a typical yeah. interview. Anyone I could get from that movie. Damn and it. I knew him. And so I had him had... on the show. He Damn did great. And then he was like, dude, I really want to do stand up. I was like, dude, just come back here. They do them every single day. 
And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they opened one walking distance from his house. And yeah. I was like, dude, let's just, I'll come over and yeah. we'll walk over there and do a set and then come back. It's five minutes. It takes, it takes an hour to do the whole thing. Yeah. And he did great. Of course he did. He got laughs. Like it was, it was funny as hell. It was fine. Yeah. Um, he's talked a lot about going back. I don't know how much he has or did, um, but it's definitely something he enjoyed. And dude, I really think, honestly, I would pitch to theater programs like spend a week, spend two weeks. The way we did the fucking ballroom dancing thing. Oh, 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 okay. For intensive Sorry. arts, like conservatory theater programs, yeah. And and don't don't have you know. I love her, and I thought she was a really funny person. To have don't around. say the name. I'm gonna say her name because I love her, and I think but she's no, no, super I want to guess. And she's a stand up. Oh, Ashley, uh, not Ashley. Um, yes, Ashley. Correct. And then oh, look what? at me. Ashley. And then where are we? <laughs> it's like everything's Austin? right in front of you. Her name's Ashley Austin Morris. Morris. Thank you. Ashley yes. Morris. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. So she is a great stand-up and a yeah. super funny person. No, and she came yeah. back and gave us this like one or two day like, course thing. Maybe. Oh, I, thought I don't it was, remember. I, thought it was, I think we only did one or two days because we were in a directing program. I'm pretty sure it was like a month. Really? I it was think intensive it was, arts. I, Oh, was it? It was part of. Well, I thought it was arts, like a straight up like semester class or some no, crazy shit. Oh no 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 no. Okay, no. I don't yeah, think yeah. so. It was an intensive. I think arts, we were like, there comedy for a portion workshop. of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was supposed sense. to be supplemental for not getting Gerald's comedy thing. That was kind of the idea. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. And so she came in and she talked about a bunch of like rules of comedy stuff yeah. she'd learned from Gerald. She we we watched some she, Golden Girls. She's the one who taught me. Um, Talked red, about B. Arthur. Red ball, blue ball, red ball, banana. Right. Yeah. Yep. That's that was her. Yeah. Um, which I think I, I it, it think existed before Ashley. Well, Morris, I think it's a Gerald thing. I don't remember. Probably. I don't know well it, enough. Uh, I won't even say. So I mean, um, comedies goes back a few thousand years, but yeah. Right. But I mean that specific expression. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's where she got it or not. But what I'm saying is, what we did was we sat in the rehearsal hall in Performance Place and talked comedy with a professional comedian. Yeah. I think that was valuable. It's good shit. We need to go to fucking club. I want the whole class to try to write a three minute set and to take them, to the, yeah. take them to the club, rent out the club for the day during the day. I have. Yeah. And have, and don't share your jokes with the class before you go, because you want to try to make them all yeah. laugh when you get yeah. there get up and everybody try to do a three minute set. Dude, how many more people from that school would end up being comedians? Because yeah. they got the exposure. Me and Alex Heffler, when we were both there at the same time, kept talking about going to Greensboro to go to an open mic. We never <laughs> quite got it. We never yeah. quite got it done because we had conservatory but the hours. Idea, yeah, the idea of like Greensboro being the destination point of like, Dude, let's that's just where get we there. could go to the closest course, open yeah. mic. There was nothing we knew I didn't about know there in was it. Yeah. And so, because there's a comedy club in Greensboro. No way. Okay. And so we were like, we'll go, we'll go to the club. And we just never really got it going. And I honestly think that just like ballroom dancing, which again, I think ballroom dancing is pretty fucking dope. And now it ended up actually being part of my career. <laughs> and so like, I'm, oh, I'm actually in the support of the ballroom. So good. Uh, you know, and I liked that guy who taught us, Alan Berryhill. He used to come to IHOP. He's a cool guy. Um, <laughs> he used to bring like old ladies from his dance class and they would have like dessert and coffee oh, all into the night. They I were dope. Love it. I love it. So, but yeah, I, I, I can see that dude, guy in my head too. A week of stand up. Yeah. Try it. I have number so much actors. respect for I have so much respect for stand up comedians. Yeah. Stand up comedians, that's gotta be the toughest job in entertainment, I feel like. Because, and you went to acting school and you're saying this. Yes, absolutely, because you're getting up there and saying, by the way, I want you to shut up and listen to me and I'm gonna make you laugh. 
that that is a higher taller order than any actor in a play because generally speaking in a play you have yeah, it's like performing in a a one man show called the greatest comedy of all exactly. time. Exactly, or <laughs> or you're like uh, one night only. I'm gonna make you cry. Yeah, like, yeah. welcome to I'm gonna make you cry. Listen to me. Shut the up. Show. I'm gonna make you cry. Right. Oh my god. Because generally speaking, the audience <laughs> That's a at really good point. a got an, an audience at a comedy club is like, all right, make me laugh, asshole. Let's right. see what you got. Right. I'll get a little drunk, but you got to do all the work. Generally speaking, <laughs> audiences in a theater don't go in there and go, all right, asshole, let's see what you can do. Right, right. But generally speaking, uh, at a comedy club, people enter have an a great deal of skepticism. Right. Going, all right, let's see what happens. Let's you know, it's really funny that you say that because I think that's true on some level. But the other thing that we talk about in doing stand-up a lot, yeah. which is like, they want to laugh. Some of them come there with, you know, sometimes yeah, yeah. the boyfriend has the arms crossed in the front row because he didn't want to fucking come. Of course, like, all right, But yeah. the people who wanted to come to this show- Is that show, your experience, really? Yeah, at a it, show where they paid for the tickets. That makes they're sense. They're trying to be with you, man. They, wanna, they yeah. want you to be good. That's that's good. I didn't- they I did. don't, Yeah, they don't want you to eat shit because they want to have a good night. That's like auditioning actors. When I'm auditioning actors, I want them to do well. Right. I'm going to give them all the benefit in the world. Like, my God, please do well. What sucks is going to open mics that are all comics. Oh, in that case, then you're just and that's, that's like the, going to audition with everyone who's auditioning for the same role as you in the room. Yes, <laughs> that's and horrible. That's, that, that's horrible. Well, except there's no job, so the stakes are actually strangely low, even though everyone's very critical of you because no one wins. <laughs> yeah, you. Well, but at the same time, if you can make a bunch of comics who are staring at their phones laugh with your joke. It's a pretty fucking good joke. Yeah, then you're golden. Yeah, yeah. And so, dude, it's a it's been a really interesting kind of different art form to dive into, and I really think there's benefit in like regular theater programs. Like, just spend a week and make it an intensive, and be like, this week you're going to try to be the best stand up comedian you can be. Would it's you write? Really would you art. write your own material, or would you yep. provide? Okay. You have to. You absolutely have to. That's the point. Which oh, is no, when you sure, get yeah. up there, unless you do a character. Which you could do, well, and I'd, I'd get into the, I'd start getting into the weeds there at an acting program to I be like, say, I don't want Andy Kaufman shit, but at the okay. same time, if you got Andy Kaufman shit, like really smart character shit, I kind of do want to see commit if that's to what it, you yeah. know. But that's the thing. It's like, dude, even Larry the Cable Guy, that's not who he is. It's a character, it's a character he made up that he did on the radio. Yeah. And then eventually yeah, yeah. made into a real yeah. physical character and then he started he doing the stand up and then he started doing the movies and it fucking and it sold yeah it worked really well and so i think it's which by the way is a wonderful guy apparently oh yeah yeah i never got to meet him sadly with the project we he's he's on. good friends with my cousin stuff. that's great bought the her people a we bought sent, her a horse really yeah <laughs> the people we sent larry the cable nice. guy we bought my cousin horses. a horse fucking we weird this guy yeah, so I, I I just think the value is there because there's a number of elements of it, even if it's not something you want to do for the rest of your life, like many, you know, stage combat or singing. <laughs> like literally everything thing. else you do in conservatory. Yeah, yeah there's going to be little elements that it's like, that yeah. may not be you forever, but, but you're our, not. our comedy training was so broken down into like classic- uh, Mask work and- Well, I, I was talking about, um, like the, I was going to say the Gerald side first, so like classic- um, like almost Shakespearean and oh, um, sure. yeah. Well, I guess Shakespearean and comedia is like Bob, but I mean, like, um, I'm trying to think of an example. What's the fuck? Oh, we did Major Barbara, who was written by. Oh, uh, 
God, really Fuck. verbose English dude. Yes, yes. Major Barbara. That's Alon. the kind of comedy uh, we were George studying. Bernard Shaw. George Bernard Shaw, right. Yeah. And so it's like really smart, you know, fucking doing like importance of being earnest, you know, like yeah. that kind of comedy paired with comedia comedy and clown comedy. Yeah. All really great things to Absolutely. learn. Absolutely. But that is not writing your own verbal yeah. comedy with the intent How of do you getting set up, up and not being silent yeah. in the audience for yeah. the whole time you're yeah. up there. And what would it feel like as an actor who's trying to learn how to be an actor to just once try to stand on your own feet as far as material, even Nowhere if to you're hide. not a writer? Nowhere to hide. Yeah, just you. Boom, spotlight. One. Oh, it's terrifying. It's absolutely Dude, it could terrifying. go full Joker and people could get murdered. It could happen. <laughs> yeah. But I really absolutely, think the value yeah. is there yeah. for the people who'd respond I to it. I think it's fucking you know fantastic. I, I, I mean, we, we've, com we've connected on uh, co comedians since we've known each other. I think Bill I remember Burr we talked I, about. I said yeah. early to you. I still have a Bill Burr. No, was, is it Bill Burr? I've got you, a vinyl you, record of his here somewhere. You gave me a, a CD when yep. I... Actually, wait, did the last time I visited you, I visited you in New York City. Did you? I did, and we watched a Spider-Man movie together. We went to go see the, I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you were living up in, where were you living? Uh, almost I, like I, I uh, met up with you Central for an Park afternoon. West. I met up with you for an afternoon. And we went to a movie? Yeah, we went to a movie together. What Spider-Man movie did we see? You gave me a Bill Burr CD. That makes sense. The Spider-Man thing confuses me. I think it was during school. I think it was during the summer when I was working in Connecticut. I think I was driving through. That makes more sense. Uh, you had a multi-bedroom apartment, as I guess that's not really yeah. specific enough, but with uh, Brandon. Uh, and yeah, we, I think we spoke some pot, and you gave me a Bill Burr CD, and we went to go see Spider-Man two or three. I don't, I don't know. Sometimes when I meet people, because you know, I, I it's hard because I'm I'm a huge comedy fan. Yeah, I am not a comedy expert. I've spent a lot yeah. of my life in love consuming. with it. Just right, consuming, exactly. Yeah. And a lot of times I meet people and I can feel the influences on their personality from, from interesting. people. And when I met you, I was like, if he doesn't already, he's going to love Bill Burr. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> oh, I love Same that Same thing with Max oh, uh, Geyser yeah. and Eugene Merman. Do you know who Eugene no. Merman is? Oh my God. No, I don't. Eugene I'm Merman. I'm so excited to watch him tonight. You should watch Eugene him. Merman. So he, okay. he, he's gotten big lately because he's the voice of the little boy on Bob's Burgers. Oh, okay. Gene. I love Bob's Burgers, yeah. Gene. Eugene yeah. Merman. Yeah. Eugene Merman <laughs> oh, okay. is a weird comedian. I mean, his character is weird. I mean, I love, I know Bob's Burgers better than I thought I ever would because my nieces that I watch right now watch them like- Great fucking show. 10 hours a day. It's ridiculous. Great show. I've watched every episode five times now. That's awesome. Yeah. It's really good. It's really well written. The music oh, is really good. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah. But- the 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 cast is this kind of like hipster Brooklyn group of comics, yeah, like Kristen yeah. Shaw and Dan Mintz Kristen and Shaw is uh, really, Eugene um, Merman and um, uh, H. John Benjamin, of, of course, course H. John yeah, Benjamin yeah. and Andy Kindler. And there's so many yeah. people on that show that are so good. But Eugene Merman is a very strange comedian, like oh. an avant garde. Like you, you're. It, I can imagine. Does his character like reflect his a little bit. stand up? Okay, cool. In that weirdness, yeah, yeah he's yeah. a weird kid on that show. It's yeah, yeah, very absolutely. much in okay. that vein. Like, if there's a connection at all in the material, yes. I would love to watch it. I absolutely suggest it. I'll, I'll before you leave, I'll give you some titles of albums Fuck to yeah. look into. Yeah, and I remember when I met Max, I was like, "Do this you guy. know who Eugene Merman is?" And he was like. I don't think so. And I was like, 
I I know your new favorite comedian. Yeah. Like, I'm just good at that. I can tell well, by their sensibilities. Max was a born comedian writer. The guy should write comedy all day, every day. And in a, <laughs> in, in a weird kind yes. of- Not just in weird. In his own brand. Like, um, almost in like a way where he kind of wants to upset you with weirdness. <laughs> yeah. Do you yes. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, it's it's Because he's always going to be more comfortable in his weirdness than you are. Right. And he's going to capitalize on it. Yeah. yeah. And he and he's not uncomfortable because you are. Yeah. And yeah. that's a big difference in most people. A like, lot of- Most yeah, people are like, oh, if you're uncomfortable, I'm like, what's going on? Yeah. You know? And he's more like, what's your problem? Yeah. Like, yeah. He, so he, I think, and if I remember correctly, he ended up being, you know, I was right. He really enjoyed it. Um, there's, it, yeah, it's strange. When I met Dave Thomas Brown, I was like, there's something about this guy that is like, so familiar to me in his sense of humor. Oh, what was it? He was very witty and and very like commentary funny. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And I was like, hey, Dave, have you ever watched Mystery Science Theater 3000? And he goes, uh, I've seen every single episode. <laughs> Doesn't that surprise like, me? Boom, there it is. Yeah. I found it. Yeah. I love, that's one of my favorite things is, um, is trying to guess their favorite comics. And what I love is when I'm like, do you know this person? You're like, that's like my them. favorite guy. <laughs> yeah. That's good. But even better is like, no, no idea. I don't. And I'm like, no idea. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to love it. Did I tell you, I went to go see Book of Mormon a year ago in New York. How was he? <laughs> well, I didn't know he was in it. Really? So yeah, I, I helped move up a, a friend of mine. I never and, got to um, see it. I moved, I helped move a friend from Sarasota to, to Queens or no, into Brooklyn. And she's like, you know, I really want to see a Broadway show. What do you recommend? I'm mm. like, I don't know. I am not really up to date with the theater scene in New York. Um, honestly, let's find something that is really popular because I never see the big shows. I'm not one to go to New York and go, let's go see Wicked. Let's go right, see right, Lion right. King. She goes, well, we can, we have a hundred dollar ticket to Book of Mormon tonight. I said, fuck it. Let's do it. I'll spend a hundred bucks to see Book of Mormon. Sure. Never seen it. Get there in the lobby, and Impossible I was able to see. And I was not trying to impress her or anything. And I'm in the lobby, and we're getting our tickets. And I look at the cast board, and I go, "Oh, son of a bitch, Dave Brown is. Oh, he's probably the fucking lead." And I'm like, and then so I tell her, "I don't like, know if he's the current title holder for that role." He was. He was. He was major. Uh, or not major. Sorry, <laughs> elder. Elder Price. Yeah. Yeah. He was at the time. Yeah. And so I was looking at the cast list, and it's in the really classic kind of. He did board. It at the West End too. Yeah, exactly. And I, I thought he was either still in the West End or on. I had no idea who was in the the Broadway show, and so I just like casually mentioned, like, "Hey, Mel, by the way, um." Actually, I went to school with this guy, um, really nice guy, Dave Brown, and she thought it was the coolest thing in the world. She thought, yeah. like my my stock and my value went up exponentially when I just casually mentioned. And so I sent a message on Facebook saying, hey man, you know, break a leg, gonna see the show tonight. And the whole time she goes, you know that guy? You know that guy? I'm like, yeah, 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 I, I, I do, I do, it turns out. And it was a weird kind of reckoning for me to see mm -hmm. uh, a classmate who is- Was that one of your first times seeing somebody in something? Uh, that was the biggest profile thing and uh, in, in person was definitely on Broadway, him and, and that lead and outrageously proud. And also there's that self-reflective, like, what the hell am I doing? Don't even do oh, it. Oh no, it's impossible. And the, the thing is I'm protected from that a little bit because <laughs> as a director, right. you don't compare yourself much to the actors, but it's impossible not to go as... And I always felt like I'm very generous in my praise. Like, oh my, I'm so happy when people do things well. And I'm so proud of Dave for 
for crushing it and being up there and not even knowing that he's doing it and just walking into the Broadway show. But there's that inevitable, huh, that's amazing. What the fuck am I doing? <laughs> I don't deal with it. You don't do it? Nope. Doesn't happen to me Never, at all. Ever. Let me tell you why. Yeah. I get microscopic okay. about why people are where they are. Okay. And I don't get upset that Michael Jordan did better at basketball than me. Okay. I don't get better. I don't get upset that Dave Thomas Brown is better at being. And I'm not upset about it. I'm not upset about it. I'm not. But I'm saying I I don't have any reflection on like I haven't gone far. Another thing, honestly, getting that Comedy Central gig right out the gate for me was like the help the ego a little bit. Yeah, that's great. I was like, it was like. Well, dude, getting into school was a big ego thing for me because I came, I was a garbage student. I didn't come in the conventional way and audition like everybody else did. I did a play and then scheduled an appointment. I directed Complete Works of Shakespeare. That's right. And then oh made my an, God, that's what you're... <laughs> that was my audition. I watched that, by the way. And I, had I saw that a, at the Catawba. Uh, I watched it. It was nice. Good. Thank you. Well um, done. It was the year before I was in a directing project. I'd gotten cast even though I wasn't in the drama really? school. I didn't know that. It was Bryn Harris. She was in Dave's class. What so did she it was direct? when they were seniors. It was called Bachelor Holiday, and it was me and Brandon Harris and Bryant Hernandez, like three roommates, like written by Alan something. Ball, of all people. Alan Ball. Um, he did um, Five Women Wearing the Same Dress, right? Yeah, but he also famously did uh, – He, yes, the other – I hate that play, <laughs> the, by the way. The <laughs> least known thing maybe that he's done other than <laughs> Bachelor Holiday because uh, he's the True Blood guy. And Six Feet Under, which are two really big HBO series that did really well. Um, So he's had two really, really big hits in the the TV world. Um, But he did write plays for a little while. And two of the plays he wrote are Bachelor Holiday and Five Women. And uh, but Bachelor Holiday is a short and it's a she took the assignment and actually took a play that was actually short instead of trying to take a piece of something. (laughs) Yeah, take take Major Um, Barbara into 40 minutes or whatever. Exactly. It's like (laughs) take a. Or the first act of a three act play, I guess, which is what they usually did. Right. They do only the first act. So it was the year before you got there. Oh, okay. So that's why I didn't see it. It was, okay. the, it was her third year. So it was when Dave oh, okay. was, I was the say, third I knew year. Brynn and, and, and Bryant and all that. No, so it, was it was a third was year a third project. Year. Yeah. It was only 20 minutes. So she was like, I want to cast him. And Gerald was like, you have to exhaust all your possibilities before you <laughs> cast outside the department. And she was like, okay. And she did. What does and that everybody mean? Said no. What does it mean? Okay, okay, okay. Everybody said no or they weren't available because they were in other things. Got it. Got and she it. had to submit a list of other actors that she would put in the role but and and why they weren't available for it. <laughs> How'd that make you feel? Great. <laughs> okay, I was going to say. I asked these 12 people before I came to you. She didn't though. Oh, okay, yeah. She asked some of them before she came to me, but some of them she padded the list so she could have oh, me. Of course, yeah, so yeah. So I was like, yeah. about it. Yeah. I worked at IHOP, dude. I didn't even go to school there. Oh, you weren't even in school. You were no. You were registered. No. Holy shit. No, I wasn't at the, in the. If anyone's going to take this job more seriously than anyone else, it's going to be the guy working at IHOP going. That's the argument Fuck, she made. Yeah. That's the argument this she is gonna, made. Yeah. This is going to be, this means more to me than anyone else. The first time I acted in front of faculty wasn't the Bobs. It was Gerald and Laura Henry. No shit. Those were the first two people to watch me act That's on that funny. campus. I was terrified. Yeah. Luckily, I had a whole like thing under my belt. Like I had, I had a scene memory. It wasn't a monologue yeah, for a yeah, minute you, and a half had, where I was trying to impress somebody. Yeah, you had, had direction. You had, I had things to character do. work. Yeah, I was yeah, ready yeah. to do it. And I was cast because me and Brandon but, were those two guys. I was going to say so you were cast because easy. you're right for it. I was yeah. perfect for yeah. it. And it was easy as fuck. And 
she let me come up with some of the stuff we did. I was like, she would be like, what would you and Brandon do? You guys are so actual roommates. So y'all would just like shit around and like- We just played mess Guitar with- Hero in the scene. That yeah. was one of our activities. Yeah. Because we would play Guitar Hero. And so like- I like Guitar Hero. We, and we, le- we legit played it too. It was plugged in. We really played the game while we were trying to do the lines and shit. Um, you know, fucking theater. And, fucking theater. Uh, fucking theater. <laughs> Let's really play Guitar Hero. We could just really project a video Matt of it Bullock and would, pretend. Matt Bullock would be very proud. We really did it. So we did that and and it was super fun. So that was the first time Gerald ever met me. Yeah. And then later I did Complete Works because I was going to be in it. And they're like, you should direct it. And Brandon kind of sold it to me as like, dude, move into the director role and then use that as an then argument. You, yeah, that's and your I, leverage. Yeah. yeah, and he and Dave actually specifically sat me down and were like, this is the best way for you to get into the program. Because once I did the scene, yeah. I was in love with the program yeah, after yeah. working and doing the totally. project. Yeah, yeah. I was like, this is what I want to do. Fuck lighting. Yeah. So I went into lighting design already knowing I wanted to go to the other program. And hmm. I spent my whole freshman year in lighting trying to learn as much as I could, but also sell myself to Gerald. Totally, yeah. And so, yeah, dude. I was like, I'll audition. He was like, nah, I've seen you act. I've seen you direct. What were you going to show me? And I was like, uh. So then how do you feel when you join a class and you didn't even audition? Yeah. I didn't know that. I had yeah. no idea. I offered. And they were like, yeah, I'm good. Gerald was like, I don't know what you're going to show me in an audition that I don't know about you already. I saw you in a 20-minute play. This was pre-stroke. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. saw you direct a two act Shakespeare thing with three of my seniors in it. Yeah. What are you going to show me in a fucking puck in, in monologue? A, in a two or so minute, you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Don't do. waste my time. I'm not going to waste your 100%, time. 100%. Yeah. I was like, so it both made sense, but felt, you know, like I had, you he was like, right. I had put the work in. Absolutely. But from your future classmates, you're going to appear disingenuous. Sure. Yeah. 100%. I get that. And so that was there the whole time. But, um, I'm trying to remember why we originally got on this about why I don't know. No, who cares? Yeah. Um, Comedians, something comedy, comedy, blah, yeah, blah, yeah, blah. yeah. Kind of when I, I guess my point is that I was very grateful when I was there, but I was also always focused on like, I don't know if I totally deserve to be here. Did I trick some people? Am I, I think not everyone giving feels them that a, way, right? 100%. Yeah. I think they do. And I, but what, oh, I remember why we got on this. We were talking about when you see other people that went mm. to school with us really successful and I somehow have the mechanism turned off in me to not compare myself yeah, to yeah. them Yeah, because it's two things at once. It's the microscopic, they're not like me, they're doing something else. I'm totally. not trying to do yeah, that. Yeah. If I was trying to be the lead in Book of Mormon, maybe yeah. I would they're be. They're selling apples know. and I'm giving haircuts. Exactly. Yeah. The other side of it is part of me still doesn't believe I'm as good as them. And yeah, so when yeah. they do really well, I'm like, yeah. yeah. Make, makes sense, yeah. It checks awesome. out. Checks out. <laughs> I like weasel my way in that yeah, shit. You know, yeah, I like, tricked a bunch of people to get I over there. I got them good. I got them good. 100%, dude. <laughs> so when Steven Friedrich gets like a great, but that's the other thing is like when I was in school and part of knowing you're going into directing the whole time changes the way you think about it in the competitive nature of the acting program. Because at no point are you ever like, who's a better actor? I'm like, I'm not best a great scene, actor. Best scene ever did in acting was, I think we talked about it when we were doing Zoom. Best scene ever did was probably with you and Steven. Uh, wait, that happened, right? Yep. Yeah, in Carl's class. Yep. Where it's all the directors doing the in the scene. And it was fantastic. Yeah. I did it. I, I felt great about it because I wasn't judging myself. I wasn't thinking like, oh, am I interesting enough? Am I cool enough? And we weren't doing the same scene as anybody else. Exactly. There was, was no scene. comparison of 
other people's yeah. take on the character. Yeah. It was our take on the character, and we got to own it, even if it wasn't It was fantastic. Good. Yeah. It was great, Rob. I thought it was a pretty was good great. scene. It was a great scene. I still remember the note I got the, it was from the, that one scene. No shit, really? And I don't remember a lot of things <laughs> that people that. specifically said to me, but a few things across the years, okay, you know, but, they distill. Who, who gave the note? Carl. Okay. He said, I feel like you're doing your idea of the character. Oh. I've thought about it forever. I think about it all the time. I'm like, am I doing, even when I'm on stage. Am I doing the character or am I doing the idea of the character? Right. Am I, and what he was talking about is that kind of character judgment. Yeah, yeah. You're playing at it. Well, and you're you're not giving the benefit of the doubt enough to the guy to just honestly be that guy. Got you're it. judging him There's for the judgment. way he behaves, and you're playing that judgment in the okay. moment. Yeah, you're it's qualifying. Some, the, it's some level two, three acting kind of yeah, yeah. thinking, but it's definitely like it hit me as like, oh, you're right. I've I've decided who this guy is, and I'm going to show it to you a little bit, even though I'm doing the. I've doing. taken it. I've processed it, and this is my. This is the And it includes of my, my judgment of how he's yeah, not exactly. XYZ or he is. Well, that's what directors do. I mm-hmm. mean, it's hard for directors. I mean, I guess there's- I made up my mind about who that dude was and I oh, wasn't super sure. ready to change things around. 100%. I mean, I, I know when I was in the, the acting program, I had a hard time doing scenes because when I was looking at scenes, in the scene, I'd be thinking- this is not how this scene goes. This is a, this is a, yes, I am very compelled. I think you're a great actor, but that's the wrong choice. That's not the choice. Like this scene in this play, we are not serving the scene what it needs. And right. I, I, I just was way too heady. And every acting teacher knew, Tanya knew, Matt knew, and they were very kind. But that's why I'm, I, I was getting to a second ago, which is the same thing, which, when I met Dave, when I met Alex Heffler, when I met Stephen Friedrich, when I met, you know, go down the list, like yeah. I was like, of course they deserve to be here. You yeah. know, they're amazing. Yeah, of course, like yeah. I was really impressed by them. Yeah. And as a director, I didn't feel any competitive nature. I was like, what cool fun tools to work with. Yeah. You know, when the new class came in and it was like, oh, we got cool. to cast new people toys. like Max <laughs> and Mike Labadia. Yeah, and it yeah. was like, this How is cool. yeah. dope. And yeah. when they leave school and crush it, it will be no surprise to me because they're like, absolutely. Yeah. Amazing. Like I didn't know actors were this good, this young, you yeah, know, yeah, like, right. shit yeah, like yeah, that yeah. happened yeah. to me a lot. Yeah. And I remember specifically, I kind of subconsciously made that my goal, which is like, I want to cast actors who are b- better actors than I think I deserve to even direct because dude, you want the best tools. I want in the them shed. to just dude. Yes. when you fucking put Ellie Barone in stuff, uh, you don't, yeah. I didn't do a lot of like, I don't think that's how this character is dealing with something. She would bring it to the table well, and be like, that makes sense to me. I don't know who said it, but directing is fixing your casting mistakes, <laughs> which is great. Because <laughs> like if that. you cast it really well, they do the work for you. That's really good. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Do you have any final thoughts before we head out? Uh, we can do another episode since no. you're stuck here. Maybe know, Zoom. Right? Christ. God. I have nowhere to go. Yeah, Nothing we'll figure it out. We'll get two I'm cameras. Try- I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to get a job. Not, I'm not very good at it. But. But you're so qualified. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that gives a really comedic thump. If I'll I'll raise the volume you, up yeah, so funk, it's funk. like notable. Yeah. Also, your bunny looks a lot happier now. Oh, I think yeah, she's I think chilling, dude. Phyllis, she, that's full chill mode. If she's got the legs kicked out, game I think, over. I think we did a good job here. Yeah, I think it was good. We got into some good shit.